Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM. It's Friday, you bastards. Hi there. Bothered by those pesky religious fanatics? Excuse me, have you made peace with the ultimate supreme being? Leave me alone! Yes, you could try blowing them up. Pardon me, sir, but did you know that your immortal soul is in danger of... <laughs> but think of the mess, not to mention those legal fees. That's why we at Lingam Labs have developed Jehovah Way, the clean, simple way to rid yourself of those annoying acolytes. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible... Knock it off! Jeez, where are we? What are we doing here? Oh man, I gotta get a life. Oh, me too. Yes, Jehovah Way, proven safe and effective. And for those annoying encounters at the airport, it's new travel-sized Jehovah Way. Hey, where'd I get these stupid clothes? And what? Where's my hair? My hair? Yes, Jehovah Way, the little spray that keeps fanatics away. Look for it in the pest control section of your local hardware store. And I certainly will. And by the way. Happy birthday to Farrell Rimmer. It was her birthday yesterday, but of course somebody didn't bother to tell me that until last night, so it's a little bit too late. Happy birthday, Farrell. I hate wishing people birthday the day after and things like that. It'll be like my call my mother on Monday. Say, Happy Mother's Day. Oh, by the way, Happy Mother's Day, Ma. What am I giving my mother this year? My best wishes. What are you giving your mother, George? A card and a ride to a family function. A card? Boy, that's uh, pretty wide of you. Yeah, it's hard to find cards for her. For a bitch like that. Yeah, they Jehovah's don't Witnesses like face that. expulsion. That's why I played that bit to start today in case uh, inquiring minds wanted to know. As a pillar of his church, this is in Louisville, Kentucky, or is that Louisville, as some might say, some illiterate assholes would say. As a pillar of his church, William Bowen sat, no relation to Joe, sat in judgment of fellow Jehovah's Witnesses who went astray. On a few occasions, Bowen supported the ultimate punishment expulsion from the tight-knit religious group. But now the lifelong Jehovah's Witness awaits judgment himself from fellow members of the faith, the 44-year-old former church elder is among four Jehovah's Witnesses threatened with excommunication or disfellowship, as the denomination calls it. You know disfellow? No, not that one. Oh, for sowing discord in the faith by speaking out against the church's handling of allegations of child molestation. Oy! Bowen complains that child sex allegations are generally not reported to secular authorities by the Jehovah's Witnesses because of the church's closed nature and its insistence on handling problems internally. The Jehovah's Witnesses shun outside world in many respects. They refuse to bear arms, salute the flag, or participate in secular government. They also refuse blood transfusions. I didn't know they refused to salute the flag. Do you know that? Yes, I did. I dated your Jehovah's Witnesses for a long time. Screw that. Unpatriotic schmucks. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. We apologize to our Jehovah's Witnesses in the audience, don't we? No. No. Bowen is to appear today before a judicial committee at his church in Draffenville, Kentucky, a small town in far western Kentucky, K.Y., Two others, Carl and Barbara Pandello of Belmar, New Jersey, had their hearing this week and awaiting a decision. Barbara Anderson of Normandy, Tennessee, also has been summoned to appear before a committee. Anderson said she learned about the church's handling of abuse cases while she worked at its headquarters in New York City. Like Bowen, the Pandello say the real motivation is to silence them within the denomination, which claims about six million members worldwide, including about a million in the U.S. To silence them. In other words, we don't want to air our dirty laundry. Let's uh, take care of it ourselves and do not go to the police, okay? Whatever you do, don't go to the police. By the way, we don't really have to wait for that press conference. As Geldy said there at the end, it's Rick Dudley is going to be the new general manager of the Florida Panthers. And that's pretty good news. Oh! Bye-bye, Chuck Fletcher. Loser. Maybe Rick Dudley can come to uh, South Florida, at least the other coast, and build a tremendous juggernaut like he did in Tampa. <laughs> that's right. 
The Florida Panthers have fired interim general manager Chuck Fletcher and replaced him with former Tampa Bay Lightning general manager Rick Dudley. How about that blowjob by the Canadiens last night that he has? Here I'm, here I'm dreaming of a Toronto-Montreal Eastern Conference final. And, of course, uh, ABC, the American networks are crapping their pants over that. <laughs> oh. Boy, if they got if they got some big matchups coming, huh? You got out of the four teams left in the Eastern Conference, three are Canadian, and then you got Carolina. Oh my God! So don't give me a song to dance about how bad the ratings are going to be because they're going to be minuscule. Not as minuscule as the crowd at that baseball game last night, but I'll get to that. Fletcher took over the GM's position from Bill Torrey on December 3rd for Mr. Bowtie. Dudley was also GM of the Ottawa Senators, previous to being hired by the Lightning on June 8th, 1999. And there it is. Bye, bye, Chuck Fletcher. Well, I tell you, there should have been a lot of churning and uh, moaning and groaning. But you just wait. The youngsters in the organization, they're going to come through for you. Aren't they? No. So speaking of that tremendous crowd last night, the first place South Florida baseball team, I can't remember what the name was, but anyway, 5,461. That's the uh, box score attendance, which is always inflated considerably because it includes all 4,000 of their season attendees. So uh, probably three, 4,000 there last night as the first-place South Florida team continued a four-game winning streak, and nobody cares. See, this radio station, I'm not just talking about anybody in particular, although, let's face it, get serious, but uh, it, it's just an ongoing thing. And I understand that during the long lull between the end of hockey and basketball and the start of football, you got to have something to talk about. Nobody cares. Nobody knows the trouble we've seen. And yet the Dodgers are in town this weekend. There will be some Dodger fans going to see that. But I have a feeling they'll never crack 20,000 for any of the three games. How about Miguel? You going to the Dodger games or maybe you have Pop? Probably my dad, yeah. Yeah, probably Poppy's going because the tickets are free. Thank you. And the parking pass. Did we ever get the parking passes, by the way? Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Now, like I said, the tickets are free and the parking passes are free. And I bet you if they just give out free tickets all season long, they'd make some fans in there. They'd get some people, in, some asses in the seats. And you could bring your dogs every day, not just once in a while. Your dog, your parakeet, maybe a cockatoo. In honor of Robert Blake. Our poll yesterday, who would you like most to pull the switch on? Oh, look at that. I closed it out before I, I printed it out before the final result. 980 votes. OJ407, a runaway winner, which we knew he was going to be. Andre Yates, did very respectably well, 175. Susan Smith, you might think they'd forget Susan, but did they forget her? No. No, she done well. She's third with 137. Followed by... John Walker Lind and uh, Father Gagan are in a tie. In fact, I think they're a match made in heaven. 73 apiece. Father Shanley's right on their ass, so to speak, 71. Luke Helder, the mailbox bomber, good old Luke Skywalker Helder, he's only got 34. That's, you know, they, they haven't learned to hate him yet. He just wanted to make a funny face. And, in fact, have you seen him? I think he already has a funny face. Pamela Smart, 7, that bitch in New England who got those three kids to kill uh, Hubby, and uh, Robert Blake's only got a pair. Well, first of all, Robert Blake, number one, hasn't been convicted of anything. That's first. And secondly, I think most of the male audience that we have out there, they agree that he did a good deed. And George is still working on that trophy. Somebody faxes me something uh, just incredibly disturbing this morning, but, I, but only a little piece. If you're going to fax us some information, please don't send us like little bits and pieces so we have to do like a, a puzzle on this. It's an ad, obviously, for one of the local rags. It says Angela's Back. For a second there, I thought it said Angela's Black, but we already know that. Angela Ray returns to South Florida. Oy! Look for her very special reports, 5, 6, and 11. I guess we could assume it's on Channel 4, because that's where she was before doing her... Uh, and maybe not. You know, Maybe she's just going to be doing stuff. Maybe she's still in New York, but this is somebody we don't know about. Maybe somebody will fax us the rest of this story so we know where the hell she's going to be so everybody can avoid it at all costs. 
I almost forgot about our thing yesterday with the Broward Chamber of Commerce. I almost forgot entirely about that. Did um, you ever get the uh, information about that? No, I did not. Well, why not? Because I'm lazy and a space cadet. Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's really too bad because Greg and George bonded yesterday and had kissed and made up and did a little fisting all the way up to their armpit. And I'm starting to think that maybe he had a point. I think what we ought to do is get everybody on their ass, the Broward Chamber of Commerce, which yesterday, in case you missed a grotesque story, not only welcomed in his members, but also is like doing a big fundraiser tomorrow for the homeless voice and the unctuous Sean Canoni. I don't think we just want to let this slip through our fingers, do we? No, I'm going to get it uh, during the next break. Okay. Right now, well, there's no hurry. we got a long time. we got four hours today. Here's our, uh, oh, and by the way, there was a great special last night on a channel that we have down here, on up here, wherever the hell I am, on digital cable, called the Sex Channel, of all things. And it was about the Catholic Church. And since it's already Friday and some of you on Sunday are going to be going again because you've been conditioned to doing it and you're used to doing it, it's habit just like putting on your goddamn clothing every morning and taking a dump. Since the mid-1960s, 110,000 priests worldwide have left the priesthood to get married. 110,000, that's just since the mid-60s, worldwide. And then they were talking at great length about the church's sick attitudes about sex and the fact that, which, which we already know this, but when you say it, you realize that almost nobody pays any attention to it and how ludicrous it is. How can you keep subsidizing and supporting and being part of such a sick, twisted organization? I, I don't understand it. Masturbation, sex for any purpose other than procreation, these are mortal sins, which, of course, is why you have to confess it to the priest, because he gets off hearing about it. Believe me. But uh, how can you be part of something so ridiculous? So it's good to know that Catholics aren't uh, fornicating, and they're certainly not masturbating. Thank God for that. Here's our poll question for today, Eric. And I want to see everybody this weekend vote in this poll, okay? I know there's a little bit of slacking off. We made just under a 1,000 votes on the poll uh, from yesterday, but that's that's okay. But I know it's a little bit of slacking off there as we get into the uh, dog days of summer. Cut the crap. How has the priest sex abuse scandal affected your attitudes toward religion is our question today. Do you think that's uh, an interesting poll? I think it's interesting. I like it. Yeah, you would because you're a damn heathen prick. Not at all. Somewhat negatively extremely negatively, or reinforced my belief that it's all a bunch of sick crap. I think those are four excellent choices. Of course, what do I know? How has the priest sex abuse scandal affected your attitude toward religion? Not at all, somewhat negatively, extremely negatively, or reinforced my belief that it's all a bunch of sick crap. Gee, I'm going to have to think about that when I'm going to vote. Oh, I just made up my mind. By the way. Yes, something? BrowardBiz.com is the official site of the Broward County Chamber of Commerce. Broward Biz, B-I-Z? Correct. Dot com. Okay, if you're uh, unhappy with the uh, Broward Chamber of Commerce and the fact that they're welcoming in and even raising money for this shyster, this faker, Sean Canoni, who puts all those orange shirts out there in the street corners raising havoc and interfering with traffic, if you're sick and tired of this crap and you're nauseated like I am, then you better let them know about it. Email at BrowardBiz.com and tell them, cut the crap. Jesus. <laughs> I, like I said yesterday, I'm embarrassed to uh, admit that I live there. Twelve minutes past nine at 560 WQM on a great Friday. Boy, it's beautiful here today, man. Sunny, going to be 58. It's great. Oh! Mother's Day, this is our last opportunity today to give you these messages because Mother's Day is day after tomorrow. It's this Sunday. And you still have time, though. This year, more than ever, show Mom you love and appreciate her by sending her something great, something neat, something nifty, a Vermont teddy bear. Your mom, wife, or grandma will receive a beautiful little bear made in Vermont and delivered with a free card and candy and a fun gift box. 
Just call a bear counselor at 1-800-829-BEAR, and they'll help you tailor a bear just for her so she'll know you put some real thought into your gift this year. When you call, ask about the new Spama bear or the Mama's Boy with a heart-shaped tattoo. And dads, all you dads out there, don't forget every year it's your job to get a gift from the kids for mom. And the mother and cub set is a perfect idea. You can add as many cubs as needed with their little names on the little outfits. A lot more personal on sending those flowers which are beautiful for a little while and then they're wilt and dead. Just like us. So call 1-8, did I say then they're wilt? They're wilt. Remember Wilt? He was the father of our country. So call 1-800-829-BEAR or shop online at vermontteddybear.com. And it takes a few minutes to order. And don't forget, you can even send a bear to the orifice if you like. But I think that's probably a bad idea now because it's probably too late. Give her a gift this Mother Day. She'll remember forever from the Vermont Teddy Bear Company. It's not too late to do this because if you call today, it'll be there in plenty of time for Mother's Day Sunday. Call 1-800-829-BEAR. That's 1-800-829-BEAR. Be sure and tell them that fa- Fort Lauderdale. No portion of this program may be reproduced without the express written permission no, no. of WQAM BZ Broadcast Group Incorporated. You're always asking about Bay County and shit. Oh, I'm sorry. A new film from Empathy Pictures, Dances with Crack Dealers, the urban sequel. My name Dunbar, John Dunbar, the fourth. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, I'm MC Def Jam, and this here be Curly Moe D. And we want your name. Dances with Crack Dealers, John Dunbar the fourth goes looking for the ghetto. I mean, what you doing down here anyway, white boy? What happened, Jack? You sleep to your subway stop. What he finds is the ghetto within himself. You guys want to come into my brownstone? We could wrap over a cup of espresso and... Coffee? Oh, ain't no buzz in that, man. Yeah, baby, why don't you try some of this? Dances with Crack Dealers from Empathy Pictures, coming to theaters everywhere. 917 at 560, WQM, happy Friday to you. Let's see, here's a fax that says, Neil, today's my 43rd birthday... I was born in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm at work right now. How about a birthday? Oh! Thanks, Paul. There you go, Paul. Happy birthday to you, and don't bug us again. Okay, well, wait wait till next year. Well, I get up this morning, I go on the Internet, and I look, and the first uh, two of the first things that I see are about the same good, close, personal friend of ours. And I, didn't I ask you this yesterday? It was just yesterday. I'm a fat Jew. Good old Al Goldstein. Fat Jew pornographer who's probably going to have one leg amputated very soon if he don't stop eating that ice cream. Anyway, I asked yesterday, George, have we heard any more about his sentencing? Come to find out his sentencing was yesterday, and I wish we had TV for about 10 seconds. So you could see <laughs> so you could see this picture of Al in this striped outfit that he's got with a cane. Oh, this is, how do you describe this? Al Goldstein is in court and in pain, and I've got not just one but two great articles about this. First one from the Daily News that's got that beautiful picture about it by Nancy Katz. Porn mogul gets time and falls sick. Unrepentant smut sultan Al Goldstein was rushed to a hospital with chest pains yesterday Oy. after a judge sentenced him to 60 days in jail for harassing a former secretary with X-rated phone calls and letters. Goldstein, convicted in February of six counts of misdemeanor harassment, came to court yesterday wearing a striped prison suit, but he exchanged the getup for a conservative Navy blue blazer and a Vote for Al Goldstein t-shirt before he was sentenced by Brooklyn criminal court judge Danny uh, Chin. Chun. He faced up to two years behind bars. I believe the statute under which I was convicted was absurd, Goldstein told Chun, insisting his calls were protected by the First Amendment. Have you no shame in taking a 66-year-old man and putting him in prison when there are criminals roaming the streets, he asked the judge. But Chun would have none of it, telling Goldstein that going after an individual, harassing, making phone calls, threats, and putting fear into that person, that is not protected speech. Prosecutors said Goldstein victimized Jennifer Lazinski by calling her names on his cable TV show putting her home address in his magazine and making phone threats. 
Lozinski, 29, quit her job after an argument with Goldstein. Assistant District Attorney David Setron sought a year behind bars for Goldstein. He said Goldstein showed no remorse for his actions. Goldstein's lawyer, Charles DeStefano, said the jail term was a death sentence for Goldstein, who suffers from diabetes, anemia, hypertension, and sleep apnea. Goldstein in handcuffs was taken to Long Island College Hospital after falling ill. Why am I laughing about that? Because it's funny. It is. It's funny. If you know Al, it's funny. Lazinski's attorney, Arthur Idala, said his client is just looking to move forward and hoping he's learned his lesson. You think Al's going to learn his lesson? No. Now, the New York Post has got an even more interesting one written by Andrea Pizer, and the headline says, God help me but free this guy. <laughs> nice going, Andrea. New York Post has got some of the best comments. They're great. She says, I know I'm going to pay for this big time, but here goes. Free Al. Al Goldstein was in the hallway of the Brooklyn courthouse yesterday morning, fully engaged in the thing he does best. I want to have a child with you, Goldstein said with the lasciviousness of a beagle on Viagra, sliding his bulky frame against that of a tiny female court officer. She laughed after all this woman was armed. Minutes later, Goldstein brought his shtick to a less appreciative audience. Judge Daniel Chun sentenced the cartoonish founding father of low-rent porn to 60 days in jail. Oy! The case is not about the First Amendment, said Chun, dismissing Goldstein's contention that he had a right to harass a former assistant by raging at the woman on the phone, on his public access cable show, and in his genitally obsessed magazine, Screw. Now Goldstein joins the other menace to polite society, thieving ex-Sotheby's chairman Alfred Taubman, who also was sentenced to a jail cell. Don't we all feel safer? In the well-trafficked hallway, I asked prosecutors if Goldstein had harassed them as he had his assistant in the pages of Screw. While Goldstein called for terrorists to fly planes in the offices of the Brooklyn D.A. Charles Hines, he also dubbed lead prosecutor David Setron a skinny little effer, which for Goldstein is practically a compliment. Is Setron afraid? Will he press charges? Now he told me this is what I do for a living. Goldstein argues that being obnoxious is what he does for a living. The irony is the attention is good for Screw, a relic of simpler times. I wonder what Al will write about me this time. His last screed got lost at the newsstand, along with the Polish dailies, the Polish dailies and the New York Sun. There's but one way to shut up, uh, shut him up for sure. Free Al, writes Andrea Pizer in the New York Post today. Let's nice go, Andrea. So I can only assume that come the middle of July, Al will be there knocking on everybody's door in Amsterdam, because it's uh, like middle of May, two months in jail. Assuming he survives, of course. And keep in mind, they've taken away his passport. So no question, the moment that he gets out, he'll be on that plane. This is a great, this, this keeps me in touch. I know there were people who are very concerned by being doing the show for several months out of town. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna lose touch with what's going on down there. Right, little Tommy? Ain't that right? Uh -huh. Little Tommy Jicka? By the way, did I mention that George and Greg had a really good bonding? I mentioned that, but I should yeah, mention it again. Yesterday they kissed and made up. So keep in mind, George. Greg hates you. Make no mistake about it. In fact, he probably put on a happy face for you, just like uh, Luke. But anyway, here's a letter to the editor on page 8B in the Herald today that uh, somebody faxed to us, which I'm uh, very appreciative of this. In fact, maybe you want to get Perry ready for a little encore. Pining for oldies, writes Marty Monroe, Bay Harbor Islands, who probably just celebrated his 140th birthday. He writes, Ray Lee Goldsmith's complaint, no classical here, May 8th letter, about no more classical music on local radio. This is another in a long list of such complaints. While I heartily agree with these folks, my question is, where are all the similar lamentations about the complete lack of my favorite brand of music, what is now called big band or easy listening or oldies? And no, I don't refer to early rock songs as oldies. See, Miguel thought he was talking about like magic. No. You get it now? Got it. See, here we go. This is an oldie, according Find to Marty. 
Good song. It goes round, round, round as it skims along with the Oh, wait a minute. This does not compare to Ames and others. That's obviously the damage assessment is one of the only... We already know that. Robert Hansen, the, the FBI spy, sentenced to life in prison. We know that. That's old news. Anyway, get Perry on there again. Sorry. I thought it was something important. It's just CNN killing some more time, restating the obvious. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you're worried about Perry, he's still dead. He ain't coming back. He died. Anyway, Marty goes on to say, I mean, real oldies like Perry Como, Tony Martin, Eddie Fisher, Rosemary Clooney, Patty Page, Benny Goodman, Glenn Miller, Montevani, etc. Montevani. Where is any local station that has that kind of music anymore? I would say probably out of business, Marty. All you have here now is rock, rock, more rock, and Latin music. God damn it. This is what we want right here. We want our music, Nurse Ratchet. So, yes, let us have another WTMI, but, yes, let us also have some real oldies music instead of all that noise that passes for music in Miami today, writes old Marty Monroe in Bay Harbor Islands. I love it. Crank that up. Crank that up a little bit. I love it. I'm busy voting on my poll right now, okay? I'll give you 85 guesses what I'm voting on that. It's in the lead. want to see 50,000 responses on that poll this weekend, okay? Well, this town needs a little bit of a kick in the ass. Every once in a while, every few months, the audience needs a kick in the ass. 5,461 at PP Park. That's alleged in the box score. Three, 4,000 people there. Don't you understand? Nobody cares, like Harvey Pack would say. Is he dead, Harvey Pack? I don't know who that is. He did the racing show from Belmont, from New York. Oh, Harvey. <clears throat> don't know who he is. Harvey Pack. Somebody will know if Harvey Pack's dead or alive. 26 votes on there already. I think we're going to get a lot of votes on this poll this weekend. I sure hope so. Because the word on the street is that um, we don't know. That's the word on the street. Nobody knows the trouble we've seen. 17 people say that this priest's sex abuse scandal has reinforced their belief that it's all a bunch of sick crap. 17 out of 26 say that. That's like 65. That's like two-thirds almost. Extremely negatively, four. Not at all, three. And somewhat negatively, two. So, so far, it's not looking too good for the religions out there. Of course, we have a lot of heathens who listen to the show. Uh -huh. Thank God. Thank goodness. Thank you. God. Right, for that. Because I'm working feverishly on it. So you can believe whatever you want. I, I'm a big believer in that. But, but, I think that those of us who have enough uh, intelligence, which doesn't require a lot, and enough balls to say it, need to uh, keep harping on it over and over and over again. Because anything as sick as this, the idea that any kind of sexual activity other than trying to make babies is a mortal sin. And a lot of you are going to go Sunday and continue uh, promoting and uh, participating and uh, enriching the coffers of this crap. What's wrong with you people? Are you absolutely crazy? Yes. Are you out of your mind? Yes. God. And not only that, but they don't pay any attention. Wouldn't they just go on and they continue? I, I don't understand that. Well, just because a few bad priests got in there doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yeah, right. Now, I'm not, but I'm not even talking about that now. I'm just talking about the tenets, the principles of the goddamn church, if they have any. The whole concept of this so-called religion. And by the way, the show I saw last night, they pointed out that up until a thousand years ago, the first thousand years of the church, uh, there was no such thing as celibacy. But then they discovered that if they if they invented the celibacy thing, the priest then didn't have any families or any relatives. And therefore, they wouldn't have anybody to leave all their possessions to. And the church was really destitute for cash and money and the property, etc. at that time. So here's a good way to at least scam some stuff off the priests. That was the only reason for it, not because celibacy made anybody holier or more pure, etc. and so on. It was just some cockamamie thing. It was like a fundraiser. 926 at 560 WQM. Let me tell you about a mattress. As a matter of fact, you know something? 
Even yeah. I noticed the difference because I have a great dollar mattress mattress in my home. And here, i got to be honest with you. Of course, there's a lot of stress lately at that radio station. A little bit better this morning. But I've had like some back, which I never have back problems. That's one thing even with my fat and all of that. A little bit of back discomfort because I'm not sleeping on my great mattress from dollar mattress that I have in the house. If you want a Serta, a Celia, a Simmons, a King Coil, the best mattresses in the world at an unbeatable everyday low price, these are the people you want to be calling. just makes sense. And i got news for you. A lot of people underestimate the importance of the mattress you sleep your ass on because, believe me, it's got a lot to do with your back and your health all the way around. So give a call to Dial-A-Mattress at 1-800-MATTRESS. That's all you'll have to do. You'll talk for a few minutes to a bedding consultant. They'll hook you up with exactly the mattress you're looking for, no bait and swish, and they'll deliver it right to your door when you want. Seven days a week, any two-hour window that you pick out when it's convenient for you when you're going to be home, not when they feel like showing up. Between like 11 and 1 or noon and 2 or 1 and 3 and 2 and 4 and 3 and 5 and 4 and 6, etc. and so on. And they also give you... That 30-day in-home comfort trial lets you sleep on it to check out if this is the one that's good for you, and you're waking up every day feeling refreshed and lovely. Pick up the phone and call them right now. They'll be there in no time at all. Call 1-800-MATTRESS. Do your back and yourself a big favor. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, or check them out on that wicked world. Credden the news. Including airfare and hotel accommodation. That's from 11 to 1 at PJ's in Pembroke Pines. Hey, Neil, fuck you. It's in the father time, make bombs in Palestine. All Israel will be mine. It's in the father time, it's in the father time, make bombs in Palestine. All Israel will be mine. Hey, they got out of that uh, damn church already. Let's hear that, huh? Only took about 700 negotiations, and he finally got all them getchkeys out of the uh, Church of the Nativity, the birthplace of Christ. (laughs) Anyway, city police investigating rape allegation by ex-nun in Baltimore. Baltimore police have opened an investigation into a 13-year-old allegation by a former nun who says she was raped by a priest in the rectumry of a Park Heights parish. Sister Rita Monahan, who made her complaints public at a news conference yesterday, said she went to church officials, including Cardinal William H. Keeler. Oh, remember Willie Keeler? No. Nope. One of my favorites. In early, in fact, I think he's kin to Willie T. Ribs. Early in 1990, seeking assurances that the priest, of Reverend Thomas R. Schwind, no relation to Joe Schwind, would be sent to a psychiatric center that treats sexual disorders. Instead, she said, the priest was transferred from St. Ambrose to another parish. What a concept. And she was invited to confess her sins and was offered a... $5,000 settlement on the condition she not press charges and not speak about the incident. I think they call that hush money last time I checked. 
The betrayal by Cardinal Keeler was, if not as devastating as the actual sexual assault, even maybe more so because I trusted the church, said Monahan, 53, who left a religious order in 1984 and is studying theology at Catholic Theological Union in Chicago. The allegation, which was aired in one of 25 news conferences across the U.S. and Canada, organized by the Survivors Network for those abused by priests, uh, is the first to involve the Baltimore Archdiocese in the pre-sex abuse scandal. And on it goes. By the way, let's promote that show that I was also asking about, and I found this in the Herald today. Glenn Garvin. Do we know who Glenn Garvin is? No. Nope. I would have thought that our close personal friend, uh, Bill, what's his name? Kevin Baxter. Bill Bixby. I would have thought that he would have written this on the People page, but it was Glenn Garvin who must be like some new uh, goofball. He writes, War of the Talking Heads. If you thought conservative chatterers Matt Drudge and Bill O'Reilly were tough on Bill Clinton, man, listen to what they're saying about each other. All week, Drudge has been saying on his website that O'Reilly is engaging in talkola, bribing big market radio stations with payments of hundreds of thousands of dollars to carry his new show. On Wednesday, Riley fired back big time. There was no other cure than to kill Matt Drudge, O'Reilly observed on Don Imus' syndicated radio show. In the event that proved unmanageable, O'Reilly continued, Drudge should be thrown in the slammer. How do you like that line? That sounds familiar, like something we heard on this station a few days ago. You really said There's that? no other cure than to kill Matt Drudge, O'Reilly said. I just want to tell everybody that Matt, Dr Matt Drudge is smoking crack right now in South Miami Beach on Washington Avenue, and the authorities should know what he said. <laughs> Reported Drudge on his website yesterday, more O'Reilly lies. Drudge, who lives in Miami Beach, said he was in London not smoking crack, but he added he's got an open mind for a couple hundred thousand. I, heck, I'd even carry O'Reilly radio, he said. <laughs> By the way, Orion, here comes the part that we've been looking for, because I'm always out to, uh, you know, try to promote as best I can, give him a shot, even though he comes up against us in that noon hour. That's okay. O'Reilly show, which debuted this week, can be heard on WFTL, a.k.a. The Light Ball, 1400 a.m. in the Miami Fort Lauderdale area, and WDJA 800 in Palm Beach County. Information, it says, which the people column regrettably was not offered hundreds of thousands of dollars to carry, writes Glenn Garvin. Very cute, Glenn, and thanks for the info. Light Ball, and of course, I don't know if they're carrying it live at noon. I would assume so. Come on, give us all the info, Glenn. Don't be like Tom Jicka. Don't give us like little bits and pieces of information or then get the frequency wrong and stuff like that. Oh, at least Glenn's got 1,400, which is correct for the light bulb. I, I bet you he's on there before Defoe. You think so? I don't even know what time Defoe shows on. Four? I think a tree, I believe. Four. Somebody will let us know. Four. Somebody will Four. fax us. Yeah, let's get those facts. Four. What is it? Four. Well, but if this guy's on from noon to something, he's on before him. Maybe not directly before him, but he'd be on before him. I don't know how long the O'Reilly show is. I think three hours. Or whatever it is. And then, of course, we know about Janet Reno got into a little bit of a fender bender. We already know that. But thank you very much. No big deal, okay, with a red pickup truck. Let me say it again. Janet Reno is like a death wish for the Democratic Party in Florida. And all this stuff about Jeb Bush didn't do this and he didn't do that and the Schwarzers hate him. And this, uh, that's all true, but the fact is that the Democratic Party's got a death wish. And I don't care how many uh, Hollywood celebrities come there and how many uh, uh, screaming queens come out there to, uh, you know, put on a big dog and pony show and support Janet. She hasn't got a Chinaman's chance of beating Jeb Bush or anybody else for that matter. Could I be wrong about that? Do you no. think I'm wrong? No, I don't. No. Ain't got no chance. 57 votes on our poll so far already in just a few minutes. Like I said, I want to see record-breaking totals on this survey over the weekend. I want this goddamn town to get off their ass just because it's 100 degrees in the shade and we're into those dog days that in South Florida is like May and June and July and August and all the way until at least after Labor Day. Man. See, and that's another thing that I keep telling you about this baseball dementia that they got down there. There's nobody there now. Once Passover and Easter are gone, half the town clears out. Can you blame anybody in their right mind no. if they have an, uh, an alternative, a choice? 
for not sweltering their brains out in the heat and humidity and just suffocating and choking on it every day? I can't blame them. Boy, look how nice it is outside my window. How's it look outside your window? I bet you can't even see anything, can you? I can't see. <laughs> That's because we don't have a window there. I got a beautiful window right here. And it's sunny and blue skies. It's going to be close to 60 today. And yesterday, even after all the rain and crap and thunderstorms that you heard on the air, 4 o'clock all of a sudden, like magic. I just looked up in the sky and I said, wants this to end right now. And it did. And the sun came out and it got, went up to like 22 Celsius, which is 72. And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. A nice breeze. Boy. 64 votes on that survey already. How has the pre-sex abuse scandal affected your attitudes toward religion? 40, 62.5% say, reinforce my... <laughs> oh, I see. He changed the wording on this. Reinforced my heathen bastard belief that it's all a bunch of sick crap. Forty say that. Now, why did you do that, Eric, you heathen bastard prick? Extremely negatively, eleven. Not at all, seven, and somewhat negatively, six. So only ten, let's see, about eleven percent, seven people out of sixty-four. Eleven percent say not at all, and eighty-nine percent say, Pfft. not good. Not good. Nicht gut. Oh, we'll get to the Pat Robertson stuff. Thanks for uh, faxing me, Sean, in Hollywood. And I got a great story about Pat Robertson to sell his horse racing interest because the flock was starting to get a little bit upset about that. You don't think they thought he was a hypocrite by any chance, do you? Uh -huh. Good old Pat. We wouldn't be saying that. 20 before 10 at 560 WQM. Hey, you're thinking of painting your home or business? Don't paint. Protect your investment with liquid ceramic. Liquid Ceramic, the technology born in NASA's space program, is now available in South Florida. That's the good news for you. Liquid Ceramic is the most advanced exterior, interior, and roof coating available because you, too, can have the very same high-tech ceramic technology that shields the space shuttle, protecting your home or your building, and you'll never have to paint again. Let me say it again. Liquid Ceramic is guaranteed for as long as you own your home or building. You'll never have to paint again. Forget about doing that repainting every few years because Liquid Ceramic won't fade. It won't peel. It's guaranteed. The state-of-the-art coating contains an R24 insulation equivalency, helping you bring those electric bills down, too. Liquid ceramics via, uh, available in over 1,800 different colors. It says here, available. Check out Liquid Ceramic today. Call 305-347-5122. Are we speaking in shorthand now? It'd be available in over 1,800 different colors. Check them out at 305-347-5122. Liquid ceramics been manufactured and sold for over 40 years, and the good news for you is now it's available right there in South Florida. Call 305-347-5122. That's 305-347-5122. Or visit them on the net at liquidceramic.tv. And be sure to tell them that old Neil told you. Take on the Dodgers tonight at Pro Player. Coverage starts at 6.30 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. It's Friday, you bastards. MTV and PBS have joined forces to create a groundbreaking new children's television show, Mr. Osborne's Neighborhood. It's a wonderful day in Mr. Osborne's Neighborhood. Hey, moms and dads. Won't your kid be Mr. Osborne's neighbor? Hello, boys and girls. Okay. Um, I'm going to get comfortable and put on these sneakers. Okay. Hang on. Oh, bloody hell. I can't Where are they? Sheriff! Every afternoon, Mr. Osborne teaches your youngsters exciting new words. Uh, never mind. I'll, I'll do it with bare, I'll barefoot. Okay. Today's word is... Okay, it's one syllable. It's easy. My children use it all the time. Say, say it with me. Okay, here we go. Good. 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 Good.
children. Your kids will be going off the rails on a learning train every time they watch Mr. Osborne's Neighborhood. Okay, we're going to uh, visit the land of make-believe. We're, let's face it, anything can happen. Hell, I might even bite the head off of Mr. McFeely. <laughs> Mr. Osborne's Neighborhood. If you were living here, you'd say... Neighborhood. Boy, you talk about a turnaround. Here's a guy that came from being like, uh, in most circles, considered a scumbag and low life and responsible for every aberrant things that kids do, like crapping in their pants. And now all of a sudden, even the El Presidente is a hero with everybody, right? Oh. Let's hear it for Ozzy, baby. I'm sure George watches that show religiously. Absolutely. 944 at 560 WQAM. So here's a, a letter, a, a fax rather, a letter that was faxed from Sean in Hollywood who says, Tuesday night I tuned in the 700 Club for a few chuckles. They were doing a sad story about a poor, unemployed single mother who, who said she was down and out. She was living on her son's leftover. She was in such bad shape. But then she saw a show on the 700 Club and tithing. Yeah, she saw the thing about tithing. She sent $200 to Crazy Pat, and all her prayers were answered. Oh! <laughs> These conscious, challenged scumbags won't rest till they've taken every cent from even the poor. Absolutely correct. They should take Pat, Jerry, Falwell, and all the child molesting priests and strap them into the electric pew and use the power from CBN's transmitter to fry them all. P.S. Remember Jerry Falwell railing against the atheists, Christ haters, gays, and lesbians, etc.? I cower under my bed every night fearing an attack from all the atheist, gay, lesbian, and Jewish terrorist groups. Have you noticed the only American terrorists are fundamentalist Christians? A.K.A. Farbissinagoyim. Very good, Sean. And speaking of Pat Robertson. Sean's uh, psychic powers must be kicking in, because here's this story on CNN.com today. Religious broadcaster Pat Robertson will sell his sizable horse racing interest because some of his followers objected to his involvement in a sport driven by gambling. Oi! Robertson, whose involvement in thoroughbred racing, was first detailed by the New York Times, and we had that on, what, about a week or two ago? Yes. Said in a letter that he will sell his interest in the sport by November when a nearly two-week sale of breeding stock is held at Keeneland in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm sorry that my fondness for the performance of equine athletes has caused you an offense, he wrote in, in a reply sent this week to followers who had written to say they disapproved of his involvement in horse racing. In the letter, Robertson wrote that the competition among horses had been, been part of every society. That, uh, start sound like Billy Bibbit there for a second. Wow, I get tongue-tied thinking about Pat at the track. He said that competition among horses has been part of every society that owned them, and that as a child he used to race his horses against others over the country roads or rolling pastures. Oh, can't you see those pictures now in your head? Very frankly, none of this brought any sense of embarrassment to me because I felt it, and I feel now. There's nothing wrong with contests of skill, either between human athletes or equine athletes, he wrote. However, he concluded, for your sake and the sake of others like you, he'll dispose of all his horse racing interests post-haste. All right. Or just in time for post-time. Robertson <laughs> declined an interview with the Associated Press. Boy, even he's like mum, which is very unusual for him because he's usually like uh, can't shut his mouth with that drooling idiot look on his puss. He wants to be above reproach, so he'll do whatever he has to do, said Angel Watts. That's with two L's, by the way. Angel Watts, spokeswoman for the Christian Broadcasting Network in Virginia Beach, Virginia. She said yesterday the holdings were Robert's personal investments and not affiliated with the network he founded. The value of the holdings was not immediately available, but included a two-year-old cult purchase last year for 520000 bucks. the time, said. The horse was named Mr. Pat. After Robertson. <laughs> not that he's got an ego or anything like that, you understand. Because religious people are not supposed to have big egos. Just like talk show hosts. That's my motto. When you come in to do your show, check your ego at the door. Oh, speaking of uh, cash, 
Boston Herald reports today, Archdiocese of Boston officials are because these are the people claiming they got poor mouth and they can't come up with the money to pay off all these uh, claims. Archdiocese of Boston officials are sitting on $31 million in unfettered assets at their TV station, a pot of gold they've got their eye on as they scramble for funds to pay sexual abuse victims' claims, officials confirmed. The Boston Catholic Television nest egg is from investments made through viewer donations to the 24-hour cable station that broadcast masses and rosaries, papal addresses, religious movies, talk shows, and Davy and Goliath cartoon reruns. <laughs> All right. All right, let's see that. David Smith, Chancellor of the Archdiocese, said it would be irresponsible to not explore all funding options in light of Bernard Law's promise not to use Sunday collections to pay the multi-million dollar claims to hundreds of victims. I've asked BCTV Director Monsignor Paul B. McInerney what his plans are for the money, Smith said. There's a pot of money out there, and not to talk about it would be irresponsible. And God forbid if the church should be irresponsible. You know what I'm saying? They sure wouldn't want to do that. The BCTV assets have been independent of the Archdiocese until last year when the station was combined with the pilot, the Archdiocese newspaper, under the umbrella of Boston Catholic Communications, Inc., tax-free. Laws, the president of BCCI, McInerney, his close confidant, was installed as director following the death of longtime station director Monsignor Francis McFarland. McFarland, who was called Father Frank by his legions of followers, built much of the assets BTV has, 100% from viewer donations. The money is given through donations, bequests, and sales of religious tapes. Viewers loved Father Frank and donated to him and the station generously over the years, said one longtime BCTV employee. Father Frank would roll over in his grave if he knew that the station he'd built up over the years would be used financially to cover the mistakes of the Archdiocese and the pedophile monsters. According to reports obtained by the Boston Herald, BCTV TV had just under $31 million in net assets at the end of uh, fiscal year 2000, the latest available. Of that amount, just 28000 was restricted by donors for a specific purpose, but the remainder can be used. However, the board of directors be chosen. In other words, pay these poor bastards already, okay, and stop making excuses and stop reneging on the uh, deals that you keep making. They keep reneging. Can I say that? I don't think so. Still too early in the day to be seeing stuff like that. 98 votes. On that poll already. How has the pre-sex abuse scandals affected your uh, attitudes toward religion? 66, that's two-thirds, a little over two-thirds of this audience, say. It's just changing again. Like I said, 99. 67, say it's reinforced my heathen bastard belief it's all a bunch of sick, sick crap. And you are... Absolutely correct, sir. Right on target. You got your thumb on it, okay? But it's a mortal sin, so get your thumb off. Extremely negatively, 16. Not at all. Eight, that's only 8%, and somewhat negatively, another eight, another 8%. So we're talking like uh, 92% have one eyebrow up in the air, and they're wondering what to do with the other one at this point because they're so pissed off and fired up. Nicholas Kristoff writes in the New York Times today, and I thank whoever faxed this to me because I missed it, to understand why America's war on terrorism is beginning to sputter, infiltrate the Bush administration's bat cave at the intersection of Intelligence Way and Cryptological Court. No, I'm not making this up, he says, up at a Navy base here in Washington. This is the brand-new Homeland Defense Center from which America will respond to anthrax, smallpox, nuclear attack, multiple hijackings, and other shoes still to drop. Tom Ridge, his chest puffed out with pride, showed off the command center on Wednesday to a group of reporters. You had to feel sorry for him, for it was a color-coded moment. Standing in front of 450-inch plasma television screens, Mr. Ridge hailed the super-classified capabilities of the SCIF, Sensitive Com Compartmented Information Facility. Unfortunately, while the TV system allows simultaneous video conferencing with the White House Situation Room and the CIA, the huge plasma screens were devoted to television broadcasts. One of them was showing divorce court. 
The command center is symptomatic of something broader. After an excellent start, the war on terrorism is floundering. It's not just that Osama, Yamama, Bin Laden, and the anthrax killers remain at large. Rather, it's that despite the buzz of activity, such as doffing our shoes at airports, we as a nation can't seem to get ahead of the curve in avoiding the next catastrophe by taking steps such as controlling loose nukes, learning how to uh, uh, decontaminate after anthrax attacks, examining checked baggage, checking shipping containers, and reducing the risk from states like Iraq or North Korea. Perhaps the loss of momentum is inevitable with the passage of time, and it's true that we're registering progress in all these areas, just not fast enough. The upshot is that we lose our fingernail clippers when we board planes, but somebody could still detonate a dirty bomb in New York City and devastate the nation's economy or send out a 100 anthrax letters around the country and close down the nation's postal system. Americans seem fueled by the calm since 9-11. Oh, that's, uh, sorry, bad facts, by the way, very weak. Americans seem lulled by the calm since 9-11, by the new security measures in place, but remember that al-Qaeda typically spaces its attacks a year or more apart. And as for the effectiveness of a new security measure, all these measures, I was sobered by my last major trip. My host hotel in Sudan gave me a farewell gift of a pocket knife, and since I had only carry-on bags, I assumed someone would find it and confiscate it. I stowed the knife with some uh, care, and although I went through s- several international airports and my carry-on bag was x-rayed each time, nobody found the knife. Nobody found the knife. The Afghan campaign was truly a triumph, and Mr. Bush has surpassed other recent presidents in gathering smart and experienced advisors in security matters, but he refuses to send a small number of troops for a security force to sustain peace in Afghanistan, and thus the entire investment of lives and efforts could be lost. Is there any explanation other than inertia to account for the United States maintaining 47,000 troops in Japan despite the lack of any threat there except perhaps from extraterrestrials, yet refusing to provide a few thousand troops to keep the swamp drained in Afghanistan? Then there's Iraq. The president's failure to engage the Arab-Israeli conflict earlier has made it much less likely that he can oust Saddam Hussein anytime soon. On the domestic front, let's start by giving Mr. Ridge a real job. Let's pull out his gag and allow him to speak to Congress. The White House is only belatedly realizing that the homeland defense structure needs to be revised to give him the clout of the average Washington maitre d'. Mr. Ridge was so thrilled showing off his new command center, which a bureaucratic flowchart helpfully explained can facilitate meetings among NSC, LNO, the DOJ, USBF, the DOT, FRA, that it felt churlish to question him. He insisted he was getting cooperation from other agencies to staff the desks marked with names like CIA and DIA. It would have been more plausible if the staplers and scissors on those empty desks had been taken out of their packing. He kept repeating how he would be able to monitor this and monitor that. Great, but I wish that instead of monitoring the next crisis, we were doing more to prevent it from happening. We asked Mr. Ridge if he was frustrated with his position. I'm not authorized to be frustrated, he said gamely. No, but we are, says Nicholas Kristof in the New York Times today. Oh. Thanks for the facts. We copy, but nevertheless, it's the best we can do. Students protest blackface incident. Syracuse, New York. About 65 Syracuse University students staged a silent sit-in at the school's administration building for three and a half hours in a protest over a fraternity member appearing in blackface at a campus bar. Oh, How do you hey. like that? That's enough to make me crack out Willie T. Ribs, you know, but I better not do that. Huh, you think? Why not? I just played it yesterday. I'll play something, maybe Tar Baby. Students who met Wednesday with Chancellor Kenneth Shaw presented a list of 12 demands, including the suspension of Sigma Alpha Epsilon and its members from campus and immediate expulsion of the student who appeared in blackface. Now, now, what does that mean? He's going to be expelled from appearing in blackface? It was good enough for Al Jolson. Why isn't it good enough for this kid? Shaw said the university would decide on the student status today and on the fraternity status by Sunday, the same day as its commencement. 
The university did not release students' identity. University spokesman Kevin Morrow said the fraternity member and representatives of the fraternity met Wednesday with Syracuse's Judicial Affairs Office. Clearly, the young man could have shown better judgment in his choice of costume and could have shown more sensitivity, Morrow said. A member of Sigma Alpha Epsilon reportedly went to Darwin's bar Tuesday night with black makeup on his face, arms, and neck. He was with other fraternity brothers dressed in different costumes who were bar hopping in the campus business district, and he was supposed to be Tiger Woods. Well, what's wrong with that? Do you have any problem with that? With blackface and uh, and all of those yeah. things? No. Right. 9.56 at 5.60 WQM. You notice how he's gotten real quiet now all of a sudden since he and Greg bonded yesterday and put on a big phony dog and pony show? I bet you they were like fisting and wristing and their, their wristlaces were flying in all kinds of directions. Yeah, who are you guys kidding? They hate each other. But anyway, well, at least Greg hates you. We don't want to say that you hate him because that will get you right back where you started again. We don't want to do I that. Don't. I have to go through all that angst of the last two weeks, all this baby crap at WQAM. I love everybody. I don't want to tell you that summertime is already here, even in May, but the fact of the matter is it is hot as Hades out there. Man, it's brutal. Oleomed is one product you can take to help you feel your best and keep you in good health, even in South Florida's humidity and heat and sweltering uh, awful crap. Oleomed is a soft gel capsule that contains pharmaceutical-grade olive oil along with vitamins and minerals and herbals to promote health for your prostate, for your heart, your blood pressure, and cholesterol. Oleomed's got supplements to promote health in your circulatory system, your digestive and endocrine system, your skin and bones, even your mind, all using the benefits of the best olive oil on the face of this globe. And don't forget, like I keep telling you, Oleomed's got products for men, and for you ladies out there, they've got a whole line of products as well. Oleomed's available all over town. It's becoming more popular by the second. That's what George tells me. You can pick some up at Walgreens, Whole Food Markets, Navarro Pharmacy, and Sedano's. If you want to get more info on these products, how they work, and what they be doing, just call them toll-free and ask your questions. Ask away. Call 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-O-L-E-O-M-E-D. Or you can order their products right off their website, which is... The days of May, Fort Lauderdale, Harley-Davidson. Enough with the puking. Daniel Quayle was his name, and he turned off his favorite cartoon. He clicked the channels for the Brady Bunch reruns. This was no common buffoon. In the spring of 92, like the spring before, he had nothing to do. He heard. If those old clowns had a hand in prayer. 
Is he dumb or what, huh? Uh -huh. He's a beauty. Ten years ago, then-Vice President Dan Quayle ignited a firestorm of controversy when he criticized Murphy Brown, the powerful, intelligent character in an eponymous sitcom, for having a child out of wedlock and without any father in the picture whatsoever. Out of office since President Bush, the first one, administration made way for Clinton in January of 93, Quayle spoke to CNN's Wolf Blitzkrieg yesterday about his decade-old comments and his continuing efforts to promote family values. Wait till you hear these comments. Dan Quayle. We've made a lot of progress on the issue I tried to address in this speech, and the issue was not single motherhood. The issue was absence of fathers. As you recall in that famous soundbite that's run over and over again, I talk about mocking the importance of fathers. And that's what I really didn't like about the show. There was no father. For your father, for your father. The message is that fathers do not be, uh, be involved. Fathers can just be irresponsible. Fathers can go ahead and have children, but they don't have to raise the children. Now, looking back ten years later, we've had a lot of fatherhood initiatives that have sprung up. I think, one, the National Fatherhood Institute, both George W. Bush and Al Gore spoke to it within the last few years. The Million Man March you had here in Washington, D.C., even though I find Louis Farrakhan to be a dangerous and violent individual in his rhetoric, what they were talking about in that march was values for the men, making them better husbands, better fathers, better community leaders, more involved in the neighborhood. These are the types of things we ought to talk about. I didn't know Murphy Brown was black, did you? No, no not last oh. time I checked. Wolf Blitzer asked, if you could redo that, those sentences you said ten years ago, would you rephrase them? Quayle says, I don't think I'd rephrase it. You've got to realize that the speech was about a 35 to 40 minute speech. The subject was the poverty of values, the breakdown in the family. If, in fact, you don't finish high school, you get married before 20, you have children before 20, you have an 80% chance of living in poverty, says Danny Boy. I was trying to put out as a challenge to families and to all people, if you stay in school, get married, wait until you're after 20 to start having children, you have less than a 5% chance of living in poverty. Now, the soundbite was an 8-second deal in a 40-minute speech. What I find interesting, and I'm going to address this at the National Press Club, was the way the print media treated it versus the electronic media. The print media, the Washington Post, it was the lead story. The New York Times, it was above the fold, but Murphy Brown was in paragraph 10. It was the electronic media that had this meltdown. Perhaps they felt I was attacking one of their own or whatever the cause may be, but in any event, it became a firestorm. Blitzer asks, do you have any problems with the current sitcom Friends? The real, the character Rachel is about to have a baby. She's unmarried. There is a father, though, in that program. Danny Quayle says, we won half the battle. The fact is, if TV is going to portray someone having a child out of wedlock, at least they're going to have the father involved, and that's a very important step. I just assume they do not do this. But the fact that the father is there is very responsible and a very positive message. But let me say this. You take that character in Friends, Jennifer Aniston, in her life she's very happily married to Brad Pitt. The same thing with Candace Bergen, for that matter. At that time, ten years ago, she was very happily married to her husband and had a long-time wonderful family. Some of these folks portray things on television that tend to trash traditional values, but they practice traditional values in their own personal lives. Maybe the motto is, do as I do, not as I act, because they have an entirely different lifestyle at home than what they portray on TV. Hey, Danny Boy, they're just TV shows, okay, asshole? Like I keep trying to tell people about this, it's just a radio show. It was just a television show, sweetheart. Next thing you know, he'll wonder how come George Reeves kept jumping out of the off-tall buildings, you know, because he never did it at home. What a schmuck. What a putz. How is it that we've come... You know when it really started? When? With Eisenhower. Oh. Like that. He had a lot of interest. He had a lot of... This was a man who was so inarticulate as to be embarrassing, but everybody loved to pat him on his bald spot because he was a war hero. And America loves our war heroes. We loved Patton and uh, General MacArthur, even with his uh, clumsy exit by demand. But the fact is, America loves their war heroes. So that's why he became president. Adelaide Stevenson had an even bigger bald spot. He didn't have a Chinaman's chance. Plus, he was divorced. Ah, oh, we're not going to let no guy that's divorced. Catholics had a nervous breakdown with that. Started with Eisenhower. In fact, you know something? I think it may have even started before that. It started with Truman.
Not that Truman wasn't a good president, mind you. Of course, he did nuke those jabs. But nevertheless, they had it coming. But we don't demand articulate leaders. We got like more and more like a bunch of bumbling uh, idiots. And as you go through time now, from Truman right till the present time, take a look at some of these people we've had and some of the people that have put themselves up running for public orifice, like Jew Lieberman, for example. Who the hell is he kidding? <laughs> Who is the whiniest of them all, boys and girls? Didn't they used to sing that on the Mickey Mouse Club? Who's the whiniest of them all? J.E.W. Babbitt and Jew Lieberman. In fact, that would be an excellent, that would be a great I poll to take. Say that. Who's got a better chance of winning even a fixed election, Janet Reno or Jew Lieberman? I think neither of the above. I think it would be a, a dead heat for last if there's a way to do that. It would be like having a dead heat for last in a two-horse race. Speaking of uh, family values... R. Kelly denies sex allegations. And what I don't understand, and I, I don't really like his music. It's not my kind of music. But, and I'm sure, I'm sure not sticking up with him if he had sex with a 14-year-old girl and taped that on video. But, how come the Michael Jackson thing, I mean, granted, he's uh, persona non grata in many places now. But nevertheless, like when NBC had that thing last Sunday that I was screaming and carrying on about and had no response on. How come... Uh, He's uh, anybody would even buy his record. How come NBC had to show that clip of Michael Jackson with all the other stuff NBC's had on the last 75 years? What possessed him to put his ugly ass on the air? There's a committee. His child molesting ass. Like the Illuminati. They, they make these decisions like we're supposed to accept them. Well, I, I don't accept it. Neither do I. I'm nauseated by Michael Jackson. He makes my skin crawl. He's a freaking uh, piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. So people, I guess, are still supposed to buy his albums, which uh, they're not exactly doing in droves. But nevertheless, he still isn't. He still isn't reviled publicly. I guess because we're not supposed to talk about it in public. You know, the fact that he—I mean, I see a great parallel there between that and the sex abuse scandal with the church. Right. The only difference being that at least his payoffs were big, fat, juicy checks, not the, just like five thousand dollars to that sister in uh, Baltimore, wherever the hell it was. R&B superstar R. Kelly who's been accused of having sex with an underage girl on videotapes that have circulated across the country. You seen him yet? No. Well, get with it. I feel out of touch. I think this is going to be bigger than Brad Pitt and Rob Lowe. In fact, I would imagine it probably is bigger than Brad Pitt. I don't know about Rob Lowe. Did we actually see his penis in that video? Yes, we did, and it was enormous. Rob Lowe? Rob Lowe. Who'd have thunk it? Had an enormous penis? Like a baby's arm holding an apple. I'll be damned. Like two coarse beer cans tied together? Wow. Anyway, R&B superstar R. Kelly has been accused of having sex with an underage girl on videotapes that have circulated across the country, but George hasn't seen yet, and he wants to see him badly. Denied the allegations in a TV interview this Wednesday, and of course we've seen them all on CNN all over the place. I've done a lot of things wrong in my life, but I'm not a criminal, I'm not a monster, the 33-year-old said during a taped interview on BET Tonight with Ed Gordon. That's the Black Entertainment Network, by the way. We don't have a white entertainment television, but we do have black entertainment television for some strange reason. The Grammy-winning singer, whose full name is Robert Kelly is known for inspirational hits such as I Believe I Can Fly, but also raunchy ones like Feeling On Your Booty. Now, what's wrong with Feeling On Your Booty? Rectum. Is that raunchy or what? No. Uh, see, this this country, man, they, they got to put that in here because it's CNN. It's raunchy because it says booty in it. I don't get it. Rolling. Yeah, well, what would they think of that? What do they think of poor uh, uh. Afro Sheen Man? They wouldn't like that crazy rap. He has kept a low profile, we're talking about R. Kelly now, not Afro Man, since he was accused of having sex with a 14-year-old girl and taping it on video. Videotapes purportedly showing Kelly having sex with a girl, along with other women, have been sold on city streets across the nation, also on the Internet. The person on the tapes bears a striking resemblance to the singer. It's either him or Anna Kornikova. 
People in Chicago where Kelly lives say they're investigating the allegations. Police. Did I say people? Well, people, police are people. Police Remember people. that song? In addition, Kelly's also settled two lawsuits brought by women who accused him of having sex with them when they were minors. Documents also have shown that Kelly was married to the late singer Alia, his former protege, when she was just 15. The marriage was later annulled. How come it was good enough for Jerry Lee Lewis but not good enough for R. Kelly? Not that I'm standing up for him, but how come that was okay? I think it was a different time. I see. Well, what do you mean by that? I don't know. That were was like laws 40 then? years ago. Well, were the laws different So in then? other words, you're saying we're not making progress, we're going backward? And don't we make allowances for southern uh, trash? Isn't that normal? Are you starting with Bonnie Lee again? It's expected. I see. Okay, yeah, it's expected. Why the hell not? A third lawsuit was filed recently by a Chicago woman who accused Kelly of impregnating her when she was a teenager and forced her to have an abortion. Hey, listen, if it was good enough for the president, why is it not good enough for R. Kelly? Kelly, the mother's father, the married father of two young children, told Gordon he settled the first two lawsuits on advice of lawyers who told him it wasn't worth his time to fight them. While he acknowledges knowing the two women, he said he had no personal or professional relationships with them. He said the allegations in the third lawsuit were false, and he said he was not the person featured on the video. While he had not seen the tapes, he said, I can say in all confidence it's not me because I didn't be doing it. I want America to know you can't believe everything you hear, and nowadays you can't believe everything you see, he'd be saying. However, the singer alluded to other problems in his life and said he's working with a pastor to help make himself a better person. How do you like that? A pastor. Gordon also asked Kelly about his marriage to Alia. The pair initially denied it, but later refused to discuss it. Initially, they denied it, later refused to discuss it. Kelly also declined to talk about it in the interview. It has nothing to do with this. I really don't think it's fair to say anything about Alia. In other words, he ain't talking about it. I wonder what Dan Quayle would think of that, huh? Probably not too happy about all of those uh, developments. Well, they but were married. The Million Man March didn't get the message across to R. Kelly. And I still say, Michael Jackson, much bigger scumbag than R. Kelly will ever dream of being. I could be wrong about that. And both of them not even close to fa- Father Shanley. At least he never abused a chimp, R. Kelly. 10-13 at 5-60. And the thing about the chimp, remember, he, he bubbles? He I got rid of it. It got too old. That's right. Yeah, it got too old. Not cute no more. So bring me in like a little baby chimp. Hey, Tom Lehman doesn't care what's going on and all that because he's too busy selling cars over at uh, Hallow Pontiac GMC. And he loves the people listening to the show because he loves this show. To make a long story short, that's why he created the Neil Rogers deal at Hallett Pontiac, which is going on right now as I speak. Save even extra more than usual on all Pontiacs and GMCs in stock. Just be sure and tell Tom and the people down there that you heard about this on the Neil Rogers show. Stop by Hallett Pontiac GMC, 13401 South Dixie Highway on US 1, right across from the most prestigious falls, where every vehicle is marked with the lowest price every day. But now... You can save even more with the Neil Rogers deal going on. Check out the complete line of GMC SUVs, including the Envoy, voted by Motor Trend as SUV of the year. Plus, be sure and check out the all-new Vibe SUV. It's got the power of a sports car at a fraction of the price. And, of course, when you go down there, you can mention you heard about it on the Neil Rogers show or Mike Ranieri show. He don't care. Either one. He likes us both. Hallett's also got a great selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you've been turned out for credit at some other bum for car dealer, don't worry because at Hallett Pontiac, they'll get you a deal somehow, even if that's to get the money from George. Get yourself a Neil Rogers deal at Hallett Pontiac GMC, 13401 South Dixie Highway on US 1, right across from the falls, open every day of your life, seven days a week. For more info, call 305-238-4040. That's 305-238-4040 at Hallett Pontiac GMC, where they always say, and we have no idea why, we... We're number one. This is Sports Radio 560 QAM. It's Friday, you bastard. It's the most talked about video of the year. Rob Lowe directs, stars, and performs in Low Blow. 
The critics are raving. Gene Siskel says it blows. Roger Ebert says it sucks. Mary Hart says it was hard to swallow. Roman Polanski says, what's the big deal? Mine was 13. Hugh Hefner says, this one's loaded with entertainment. Gene Shalit says, this one fires no blanks. No. Blow. Rob Lowe, filmed in sensual around and spread a vision. Blow. Blow. Rob Lowe is coming in your living room with a spasmodic release of his directorial debut. Blow. Blow. Rated PG-13. Make that 16. 1018, boy, so Rob Lowe's got a humongous penis, huh? Yes. Hello? Leave it to... No, nothing. I wasn't saying nothing. Okay. No, I was just thinking, leave it to you. Now here's it was, what's this? It was there. We got a, a profile. He was like right up in front of the camera with it. Yeah, and there was this gigantic. It was probably a stunt penis. Anyway, I'm not uh, doing any more plugs for uh, the new Craig Worthing show. I already did that, okay? And the fact that he put Al Knight on there with him shows that Craig has totally lost his mind and is never going to learn his lesson. But anyway, good luck to you, Craig. You'll need it. Where did you get that from? It was just faxed to me, along with this other stuff that's being faxed from Norma Kent, not from ah. you. You see, I get faxes from other people. I'm not bragging about that because, believe me, uh, it's getting really ponderous, okay? Especially this crap. I I'm going to read this just to show you the kind of crap I have to contend with. When you're dealing with your agent's an overgrown baby who still thinks that he's in his childhood and still auditioning to play for the Dodgers, you know, which I'm sure will be out there to see those ball games this weekend. Uh -huh. Grow up already, Norma, will you? Get a life. And I don't want to hear any more about Al Knight or any of those other... Uh, people and i'm just biting my tongue anyway he writes in the uh, fag in the uh, express news fag paper and of course we don't say that word on this show so you better get with it, it says south florida team it's got the name of the team which we don't put on this show because it's a joke it's a it, uh, you know what this reminds me it's like the catholic church how many times can you get stung how many times can you get stabbed in the back before you finally say that's not for me and obviously the answer is in the case of the baseball team not too many because nobody's showing up and there's no reason for bellyaching about it. There's no interest. Why don't you assholes get the message? There is no freaking interest, okay? It started in 1997 after they won a World Series. And before the goddamn uh, celebration was over, there was Baldy on camera saying, well, you know, unless they build us a new stadium, we can't afford this and we can't afford that. Bah, 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 bah. And, of course, that was the beginning of the end of that uh, very short-lived uh, romance between the community and its baseball team, which, of course, even in the playoffs that year, they had games that they didn't sell out. There's no interest. It, it's a it's a hot ass deep south town. Okay, Tampa will be the same thing. Tampa, they couldn't even agree on the goddamn name of the team. There's such a bunch of yahoos over there. They had a nervous breakdown because it was the Devil Rays and all the uh, born again uh, lunatics over there were uh, shaking their spears about that. So they had to start calling them the Rays instead of the Devil Rays, just to appease the uh, lunatics over there. Hey, I hate to break the news to you, but baseball is boring. Boring, with a capital B. B-O-R-I-N-G. I don't care which team is in first place. I don't give a crap how many games in a row they won. It is ponderous, man. It is boring. It's like listening to paint dry. It's like listening to, what's his name, do the games on our station. What the hell is his name again with a bad hairpiece? Dave Van Horny. God, Dave Van Boring. Just, I mean, and, and you know, the sad part of it is I heard, because, I, you know, I got the uh, feed up here, and I was doing some work they were playing. That was that last uh, Thursday when they had the day game. And I came here and I opened the pot for a little bit to see what the score was. And, and there was a, a great defensive play that they made. And he actually made a great call. It was very exciting and he was very animated. And I thought, if you would if you would do the game like that all the time, especially when there was something really exciting going on, you'd be good. The guy's got the ability to be good, but he's just like, uh, I don't know, maybe spent too much time in Montreal. Maybe he ate too much smoked meat over there. I don't know what his problem was. Dave Van Boring? 
But I think he fits right in because it's a boring sport. I mean, I used to like it as a kid. I loved it. I went to a bazillion games. I've been to stadiums all over the country. But the fact of the matter is uh, it's evolved into something very ponderous, especially when it's so watered down and you've got 700 teams. And I like uh, Speaking of Tampa Bay, take a look at the standings. As of uh, yesterday morning, they were 14 and a half games behind, and they've only played like 32 or 33 games. They're 14 and a half games behind the Red Sox. It's only like the 10th of uh, May, and they're already almost mathematically eliminated, if you catch my drift. So what, what's the point? Just to make a bunch of people a whole bunch of money, that's all. It's not entertaining. It's terminal. It's ponderous. So Norma Kent writes, a South Florida team win between the lines and get sold out in the front office. Wait, wait till you hear this. Even though you're not interested in this, you must listen to this crap. I'm listening. Yesterday, one day after gaining a tie for first place in the Eastern Division of the National League, a South Florida team competing for the Major League Baseball Championship drew fewer fans to their stadium than a college team in Coral Gables. What a freaking disgrace, he says. The difference being, of course, Norma, is that the college team in Coral Gables plays exciting baseball. And people care about that. People who live in the Gables because they got nothing else to do anyway except call the cops because somebody's got a goddamn used car in their driveway. Now, wait till you hear this. On that same day, the entertaining afternoon talk show host at a local sport, the entertaining afternoon talk show host at a local radio sports station, <laughs> Hank Goldberg. Oh. <laughs> Listen, Hank doesn't need you to suck his ass, okay, Norm? And I'm sure he doesn't want any part of that. Brought on as a guest, the baseball columnist for the local mainstream daily newspaper, Mike Berardino of the Sun Sentinel. The two of them should have spent most of their time discussing the talented squad of athletes who are driving this team to its first pennant race since 1997. Instead, the paramount issue was whether or not their best hitter, Cliff Floyd, would be traded for rice pudding before the All-Star break. What a freaking disgrace. So now, not only does he give Hank like a backhanded compliment, then he's telling him what he ought to be talking about. Norm, you're not going back on the air, sweetheart, okay? Oh, God. And on a, like I said, what a fringe of disgrace. You're right. I'm tearing it up. I'm not reading the rest of it. That, that just, why is he wasting my fax paper with his crap? Stop faxing, okay, Norm? And by the way, your response, since he's got me worked up into a frenzy, your response to Tuesday morning's episode was so uh, tepid and so unacceptable to me that there are no words to describe it. That was, that was one of the low moments in the history of broadcasting. And you're, uh, because he was on his way to the ball game, he had to go see the hot, uh, red hot San Diego Padres play the local baseball team. I mean, let's you know, let's get our priorities straight. Which I actually had to call him. He didn't call me. I had to call him to uh, comment about that intemperate, bizarre, or grotesque uh, happening on his radio station. So you keep going to your ball games, Norm. You keep living like in your childhood. God, the stuff that I'm saddled with, man. Not that I'm complaining. You understand? It's a beautiful day here in paradise. Oh, here's Jeff High's neighbor David again, who's ultra chronic, ultra chronic. It says, why do Mad Dog and Hank have gift certificates to Christie's and Burton Jacks? Do you have one for me? No, I don't have one for you or anybody, David. It says, love you always since the early 80s, former bag boy at Publix. Well, David, good luck to you, sweetheart. And, of course, in the 80s, that's a long time ago. He's probably old and ugly by now. And he faxes me this long, long thing. Butch up a little, David. Then, oh, uh, look at how many pages. Oh, 13 pages. Jesus yeah. Christ. That's why big, are you doing this to me? That's big print, though. No, why are you doing this? No, I it was yeah, I'm going to have to have another talk with Greg about you. Do you think I really care about this caca? What percentage of the population is gay? I thought it was important. It's not important. You're never going to know what the hell a percentage is. Oh, look at this. Pretty interesting. How about 13 freaking pages? Oh, God. This is freaking ponderous. It's I wish that I could tape, to tape together the uh, Norm Kent thing again. Hey, Norm, don't send me any more faxes, okay, because you're getting ponderous, and nobody cares. Write about something important. 
Write about something significant, okay? And quit, quit crybabying about the fact that nobody cares about your goddamn ball club. Nobody cares. It's, a, it's finished. It's history. Boy, think of those days I went out there to PP Park and sat there sweltering and just waiting for something exciting to happen, which never did. Listening to a bunch of idiots talking crap who didn't even understand the rules of the game. Why don't you get the message, okay? I've ne in my life, I've never met such a bunch of hard asses as those so-called South Florida baseball fans who just don't understand that they're a teeny, teeny, tiny little minority and the rest of the people don't give a crap, even those of us who used to care, we don't care anymore. You can only slap people in the face so many times, even if you have, like, marginal intelligence and IQ bigger than your thumb. And then finally you say, I'll find better things to watch and to do and live my life, okay? God, look at Harry Carey. Even he checked out. He couldn't handle it anymore. Did we ever find out what happened to Steve Stone? No. See, why don't you let me know what happened to Steve Stone, okay? One of our people, Norm. Like if he's still alive and what's going on with him. Something important instead of faxing me all this crap about sucking up the very entertaining Hank Goldberg. Hank don't need you sucking his butt, okay? And then turning around and slapping him in the face about what he ought to be talking about. Oh, I'm, I'm getting a headache just thinking about this, man. Hey, Mother's Day is this Sunday. Give her the gift of comfort by treating your mom or wife or both to a comfortable pair of shoes at New Balance. All three New Balance stores in Miami, Aventura, and Book have got a fantastic, unbeatable selection on athletic footwear and apparel for the whole family. Summer's coming, too, so you and the kids will need comfortable shoes, but Mom needs good shoes, too, so the only place to go, drag her over to New Balance. New Balance stores carry hard-to-fit sizes as well, so if you've got a very narrow foot or a wide one, New Balance will hook you up with some great, comfortable shoes. New Balance footwear is always recommended by podiatrists, too, and they're known for cushion comfort and durability, like the walking shoes that I'm wearing. Are you wearing your New Balance shoes, by the way? No, I'm wearing boots, unfortunately. What a schmuck. It's boot I'm day. wearing mine. Well, actually, I'm not wearing any. i got no socks on, either. I'm in my shorts. No shirt. The staff at New Balance knows athletic footwear like nobody else, and they still measure it the old-fashioned way. Even Rob Lowe would be impressed. They measure the width and the length just to make sure you get a perfect fit of your foot every time. New Balance stores in three locations. Of course, when you got a size 14 foot, you can only begin to imagine, you know. Three locations for you of New Balance stores. Mommy's Pinecrest. They're on the second floor of the Aventura Mall. That's in Aventura. And in the town center in Boca. Check them out at NewBalanceMommy.com. Don't forget, this Sunday's Mother's Day, so this weekend, drag Mommy to New Balance for a great new pair of comfortable... 32. Hey, Goldberg.
533 at 560. I'll tell you, the fax machine just pouring crap out, underlining the operative word being crap today. Pete Massiello, the aquatic board op. Hey, Pete, get a life, will you please? Get a life, sweetheart. Go away. Now, this 80 million pages that you faxed me, I told you this was a good idea. You want to know why? Because it inspired me to change the pool and get it over with. I mean, we've done this before, but it's a long time ago we did this. You see, when you're doing these pools every goddamn day on this show, as George well knows, uh, you really have to rack your brain every now and then to come up with, um, you know, with an idea Anything. of uh, a new pool, something new and interesting, right? <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, see, George only has to do it like once in a blue moon, and he still can't uh, ever do it. But, but at any rate. And then the 13 pages, you see, all these studies that are done, it's meaningless because people lie. Don't you understand? People are not going to give you an honest answer. And this even goes on by country and uh, all this other horse crab, bull crab. Denmark, 3.8% of males are homosexual. Right. Well, I guess there must be a lot of horny guys in Denmark. USA, you see, this is just ridiculous. Anyway, so let's, uh, let's uh, change the pool because this one, we've already got the outcome on this one. It's not even, it's not even close. The poll question we were asking this morning, how has the priest sex abuse scandal affected your attitudes toward religion? Needless to say, in this crowd especially, 65% say reinforce my heathen bastard belief it's all a bunch of sick crap. 115 out of 177. 65%. 13% say extremely negatively it's impacted their views about religion. That's 23 people. Only 20, 11% say not at all. And 18 say somewhat negatively. So 89 to 11% say, take your religion and shove it. Or at least they're getting really, really sick of the crap. Enough of the sucking, which I think fits right here, don't you think? Uh -huh. Enough of the sucking. So speaking of that, we're going to change it to a poll that we haven't done in a very long time. Because this thing on here is, uh, and our polls are totally anonymous. Not that the people are going to answer honestly anyway. Which, is Eric, you think, listening? Or is he busy involved in lunch? Because sure it's all at least brunch time. Riveted right He's now. what? Listening. He always listens. When he can. How do you know that? Oh, you're always you're so full of crap, boy. You're always telling me he's too busy with those other 700 websites. He don't have time for this. Man, he's busy, he, busy, he busy. He's like Ron Popeil. He's busy, busy, busy. Well, let me tell you right now, Mister Hotshot, put down that goddamn eggplant parmesan. Although that's an improvement. I'd like some eggplant parmesan. Now that I mention that. Yeah, eggplant. You don't like eggplant? No. Slimy. I thought it was like a spick food. Don't spicks eat a lot of eggplant? No. No, oh, that's right. Italians, melanzana. Right. Italians love eggplant. Well, let's face it. Who, whose food is better, huh? The Italians or the Spicks? You wouldn't. Is know. that a contest? No, no way. Know. Who wouldn't know? You wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't know because you've never been to Spain. Like Three Dog Night would say, you've never been to Spain. I'm not talking about South Florida Cuba food. I'm talking about real Spicks. Oh, like Spanish, in Madrid and Spanish Barcelona. Food. Indeed, I wouldn't know. Spanish food is Although dreadful. In fact, Spanish you know where they have really bad. Well, I mean, really good, but bad Spanish food because their food is bad. At the Columbia Restaurant in Sarasota. 1973, had a little good sangria, though. Man, do I love sangria. God, used to drink it by the gallon. Those were the good days, baby, when I weighed 266, when I really bulked up there a little bit. I told you those stories about eating a whole box of Hamburger Helper and washing it down with one or sure two cans of Hawaiian Punch with sugar. You know, you take a pound of, of ground beef, you cook it up, and then you put in your Hamburger Helper, you throw in your meatballs, your sausages, and you take your real fruity Hawaiian Punch, God. And pour that into it, too? I, you know, I think the deal of it is, unless you have a full-length mirror, that's that's the problem. That's when you start getting really carried away and, like, <laughs> porking up when you don't have to see it. Anyway, can I get to this poll, please, before you start please. with all this uh, Spick Defense League crap? Which are you? Exclusively heterosexual, exclusively homosexual, bisexual, or desperate and horny? 
See, I like giving at least one, you know, of the choice that they don't have to take so serious because a lot of people don't want to answer this anyway. And a lot of fags are going to say, oh, I'm exclusively, I'm a heterosexual. As a matter of fact, I, you know, I wasn't going to even mention this, but since this came up, I wasn't going to talk all this fag talk that you keep trying to push on this show because this is not a fag show. But nevertheless, between you and Norma Kent, I don't know which one is worse. But yesterday I'm walking outside and coming into the building is a young guy and his girlfriend or wife or whatever. I think wife because they both had wedding rings on. And this he was a very uh, good-looking young guy by like the early 20s. There you go, when I was 20-year-olds again. Yeah, I only wish in this case. he was, But he was like... I swear to you, I mean, believe me, he was as uh, light as a feather. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. Pretty, swishy. but like pretty, pretty swishy. I didn't want to say that. I mean, Flaming. but he was there with his, uh, huh? Flaming. No, nah, I would not. Nah, flaming would be getting, that, that's Carlos's flaming. You better just stick to what you know about, okay, Miguel? You're gay. Yeah. That was me. No, it was not you. So anyway, there's the poll for you. Do you get it, Eric? It's very simple. And I know we've done it before, but it's been a long time since we've done this. Because this 13 ponderous pages that this uh, chronic David is sending me here is uh, that George... See, the one thing... Now, you realize we wasted 26 pages on this now? Between the 13 that you got and then you copied them all, it's 26 pages. How many trees did they have to cut down for that? A hundred. How many goddamn of those big redwoods did they have to chop down? How many of those beautiful palm trees at Hialeah that got destroyed by the hurricane? Remember that? They, the, the, that must have been something. The, the palm trees actually got lifted. Those big old palm trees mm-hmm. have been there for like a thousand years. Got lifted right out of the ground. God, I bet you those the force of that hurricane might have even lifted Josh Friedman off the ground an inch or two. But I doubt it. That's another thing I really miss about being there is smelling him. I mean, seeing him every day with that look on his face, you know. Which are you? Exclusively heterosexual, exclusively homosexual, bisexual, or desperate and horny? That's the new poll. Because this David guy faxes me, then George sends it along. 8,000 pages on the numbers game. What percentage of the population is gay? Nobody knows. Because as long as we got all these people cowering in the closet, as long as we got the other asshole majority of the populations uh, trying to harass and harangue and getting sticking their nose in everybody's goddamn bedroom as if it makes a difference, as long as that's the case, we're not going to know. Wouldn't you agree? You damn well better. Yes. It's mystery meat. 1040 at 560 WQM. Speaking of mystery, me, Pizza Loft is on the menu next. Boy, you're going to love going there this weekend with the whole gang. The only problem being if you try to call for takeout or delivery or uh, catering this weekend, forget about it till Monday. Because Jeff's phone man went out of business. Kaput. Did we hear any more about that? No, we did not, and it would be nice no. if he would let us. But he can't call. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a cell phone. Yes, he does. And I guess the reason they're not taking orders on the cell phone is Jeff probably don't want to give his personal cell phone number out on the air, which I can understand, because he gets a lot of very important calls. I don't want to tell you from who on that cell phone. Maybe from his buddies like uh, Scott, uh, what's his name, the politician? I don't know. Yes, you do. The one that uh, had to do uh, had to work there at the pizza loft. Scott, uh, the one that guy was doing the parking. How was his name? Cowan. Scott Cowan. Very good. Anyway, you might run into Scott Cowan, a lot of other very important people. A lot of the dolphins eat at the pizza loft, by the way. You might run into some of them. Leave them alone, by the way, okay? Don't go running up to them for an autograph and bugging them. Let them eat in peace. While you sit there and fill your mouth with that delicious food from the pizza loft, three different kinds of pizza, the best garlic rolls in the universe. 
They got fugaza pizza, the extra spicy kind. They got all kinds of great Italian goodies, big fresh portions, teeny tiny prices. They got chicken and veal, seafood, calzone, super subs. Jeff has it all at the world famous Pizza Log. Monday is lasagna night. Tuesday's eggplant night. Buy one of these dinners these nights. Get the second one for only five bucks. Wednesday is kids night. Kids eat free with adults. They can see Jeff's famous magic show. Thursday's bike night at the log. Come on a motorcycle, buy one dinner, get the second one for a half price. Here, I want you to write the number down because, like I said, this weekend their phone is kaput until Monday. But this is the number to call for takeout, delivery, and catering, 954-916-8880. And don't forget, they're going to be expanding very soon, which we can't talk about yet. But a second great pizza loft location, I do believe, is coming to a, a place nearby you very soon. A place nearby me, as a matter of fact. 954-916-8880 for the... This Regal's Talking Hardball. Weekends prior to Marlins Baseball on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Splash. Due to recent news of experimental penis transplants taking place in France, there has been a sudden rash of penis thefts all across America. Small endowed men everywhere are turning to the wrong side of the law in hopes of finding renegade French doctors to extend their manhoods. If you're a long-donged man, be careful and take every precaution you can. Lock your doors and your drawers. Even padlock your penis to your hip if possible. You might even want to monogram it just in case. Any individual caught at French or American customs with a stolen penis will be sent to a fully gay prison for life. Once again, penis theft is on the rise. Take necessary precautions or you could be next. Brad Pitt God. See, I played that at the end instead of the beginning because I had the pot closed because I was busy reading all these uh, very important faxes. That's a good excuse, isn't it? Uh-huh. I was distracted. I'll buy it. For example, this one, well, video reviews of the day, it's his R. Kelly sex video, three out of four stars. Saw the R. Kelly video. All I can say is at least she liked it, and if there's any cops listening, I deleted it. I didn't know she was only 14. I thought it was a music video. Right. Sure. By the way, where can we get a copy? George really? wants to see it. Absolutely. She was 18, George. She just looked Okay, young. sure. Star Wars Episode 2, he says, 2 out of 4 stars. Downloaded it yesterday. Better than Episode 1. That's not saying much. Wouldn't pay 7 bucks for it, though. Can I call George Lucas a douchebag? He says, no. Love your show, no name for obvious reasons, but you know we find you disgusting and grotesque and perverted with this fax, and George wants a copy of the video. Yeah, I'm not sure if that, this new uh, poll, if I want to take it that way, like desperate and horny, I think are maybe two separate categories. What? Let me uh, do it again. Do it again. Which are you? Exclusive? Uh, poor Eric. Sorry, Eric, but that's okay. We are bulking up with all those calories up there. You can handle it. Just reaching over and tippy typing on that uh, on that keyboard. It'll it'll knock off a couple of calories an ounce. Which are you? Exclusively heterosexual, exclusively homosexual, bisexual, uh, desperate, or very horny? No, just horny. That's what I want to call it. Just horny. Just horny. Desperate. Bisexual, homosexual, exclusively homosexual, exclusively heterosexual. Got it, Eric? You think he's got it? I'm sure he's got it. Well, he better have it. Okay, let's get back to the show now that we've been distracted and disrupted here almost for like a half hour with this crap. Good God. Be a miracle if we got anybody listening now between Norma Kent and his goddamn baseball obsession. I'll tell you what, call a guy in the morning or call up one of the other uh, sports nerds, okay, uh, Norma, and talk baseball. Ba, 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 ba. And you know something I think they should have a vote on and get it over with already? And the reason we haven't had a vote on in South Florida as far as spending tax money for a baseball stadium, you know damn well, because if they do have a vote, it's going to lose overwhelmingly. It's going to get trashed and thrashed. And since we have an election already coming up this fall, go ahead and put it on the ballot and get it over with already so we have to stop being blackmailed and browbeaten with crap that nobody cares about. Oh, won't you please give us the money? No. And I'll say it again. In Pittsburgh, in Detroit, in Milwaukee, where they build uh, all kinds of new stadiums, very, very expensive stadiums, they can't draw flies. 
and their teams suck. So the idea that just because you got a new stadium, it's going to bring this influx of tremendous uh, uh, support and money, and you're going to build a great team, that's bullcrap. Horse, horse duty. Luke Helder, the art student suspected of planting pipe bombs in mailboxes in five states, was trying to create a bizarre piece of art that would stretch nearly a thousand miles across the country, officials said yesterday, as reported on this program. Placed on a map, the towns where he placed the bombs from about, form a, about a half of a smiley face illustration. The eyes are sites in Nebraska and Iowa. The left side of the grinning mouth is in Colorado and Texas. Are you following this? Are you drawing like a little uh, printout? I'm drawing a smiley face. When in doubt, draw it out. The right side is unfinished, leading authorities to believe he planned to plant more devices. The face wasn't complete, complete said James Evan, Pershing County, Nevada Sheriff's Deputy. The whole thing was pretty bizarre. Pretty bizarre. Absolutely correct. To say the best. Meanwhile, Cameron and Pamela Helder met with their 21-year-old son at the county jail in Reno for about 30 minutes yesterday. They were separated by glass and spoke by telephone, but authorities said the meeting was emotional. We're here to see our son in his hour of need, said Cameron, who helped the FBI capture him. Luke Helder was picked up Tuesday, faces charges in several states, and if convicted, could be sent to prison for life. Now, see, I don't go along with that. Do you? No. Kill him. No, no that's right. You want to fry his ass. F&A. Almost said it. 18 counts of attempted murder, but I say, like, you know, 10 years, that's plenty. Parole in a couple of years. He's just uh, confused. And then just as he thinks he's getting out, then we'll fry his ass. Spokane, Washington, three small bombs have exploded mailboxes in northern parts of Spokane County, the U.S. Postal Service said yesterday. No injuries. Postal inspectors believe the bombs were pranks, said Dennis. See, we got, this goes to show you what we got out there, boys and girls. Copycat morons. Some schmuck comes along and commits some aberrant, unacceptable act and terrorizes people and blows a few uh, body parts off. And right away now we got copycat assholes. Just like we got a copycat Eddie that calls Mad Dog every day, we got copycat mailbox uh, assholes. Dennis Larson, a postal inspector in Spokane, said what they are are bombs created by placing caustic substances in aluminum foil and other liquids in plastic soft drink bottles. Chemical reactions caused the bottle to rupture, he said. The three bombs reported so far have all been along one mail route in northern Spokane County. Yada, yada, yada. And then? Yes. Pipe bombs found in mailboxes in eastern Indiana do not appear to be connected. The ones planted in five other states over the weekend, federal authorities said. The pipe bomb-like devices were found in several mailboxes in the area of Cambridge City and Hagerstown, Riley said. Who now, where the hell did Riley come from? I'm reading a story from CNN. There ain't no right. Oh, I see. How do you like this? They got his name, the paragraph I had to uh, identify. One of them exploded. Another may have malfunctioned or only partially detonated, causing property damage. That FBI special agent Robert Riley. Very well written, by the way, you people at CNN. I thought for a second maybe it was Rick Riley. One of the bombs was apparently ignited but did not explode. Tuesday night around 10.30 p.m., residents nearby heard a noise, saw a car leaving the scene. About a half hour later, a similar device exploded in a mailbox about eight miles away, Riley said. Both incidents were reported to law enforcement Wednesday morning. The devices are unlike those located early in the other areas of the country. These incidents do not appear to be connected to the arrest of Lucas John Helder, Riley said. So now we got copycat mailbox bombers because we got a lot of original thinkers out there in the hinterland. Speaking of geniuses, a former FBI supervisor testified yesterday he took bribes of wine and cash <laughs> that retired agent John J. Connolly delivered to him from top-ranking mob informers. John Morris, Connolly's boss when he handled James J. Whitey Bulger and Stephen the Rifleman Flemmy, took the stand on the second day of Connolly's trial on charges of racketeering, obstruction of justice, and conspiracy. 
In the past, I've lied to stay out of trouble, said Morris, who's pleaded guilty to accepting a bribe and was given immunity to testify. The only way I can stay out of trouble since the immunity order is to tell the truth. Morris said Connolly twice gave him cases of fine wine he indicated were gifts from the gangsters. One time, he said Connolly told me to be careful with the case because there was something special in the bottom, an envelope with $1,000 in cash. After a 1986 meeting, Morris said Bulger handed him an envelope with five grand in cash, saying, this is for you. His voice choked with emotion. Morris said he used the money to buy his daughter a car. Well, that sure was nice, wasn't it? Fine. Mighty nice. Morris said the relationship with the mob informants soured in 1995 after he leaked Bulger's identity as an FBI informant to the media. Bulger called shortly after. He told me I'd taken money from him. If he went to jail, I was going with him, Morris said. I was fearful of the repercussions against me professionally, that I would lose my job, lose my pension, disgrace myself, and embarrass the Bureau, which he did. Prosecutors charged that Connolly accepted gifts from Bulger and Fleming in exchange, gave them confidential information that helped them avoid prosecution, and led to at least two murders. Connolly's defense attorneys say he became the fall guy when the FBI's too cozy relationship with the mob was exposed. How do you like that? What did I tell you about the FBI? I don't know. What did you tell us? They couldn't catch a cold, is what I told you. You know who I think ought to be directed to the FBI? Who? John Walsh. Amen. Change right. that building to his name. That's right. Instead of the gay Edgar Hoover building, who was too busy spying about where everybody else was doing their dingling stuff, instead of that kind of crap, let's make it the John Walsh building and put him in charge. That's what I say. Oh! Right now, John Walsh for FBI director. FNA. And cut the crap. Cut to the chase. Of course, we don't want to talk about the churches coddling of those mobsters either, because then we'd be like, that would be like piling oh. on, you know? Although I do have 50,000 more of those stories. For example, since you asked, <laughs> and I don't, I'll save that one. Now, oh, I see on, it's like piling on. I'm going to be in suspense. Oh, have no fear. we got two hours to go. we got plenty more. For example, I'll give you a little taste. Sixteen priests face probe in Detroit. The Wayne County prosecutor said yesterday that his office was opening investigations into 16 priests suspected of sexual misconduct. Oh! The Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Detroit last week gave Prosecutor Mike Duggan's office files containing allegations by 50 people against 37 priests. Duggan said the statute of limitations was expected to be an obstacle in most of the cases. The cases go back as far as 1943, and all but two involved incidents that took place at least 10 years ago. At least 14 Catholic priests in Michigan, including five in the Detroit Archdiocese, have been removed, suspended, or left their duties since January 1 amid sexual abuse allegations. In addition to the 37 priests identified in Archdiocese files, three other priests have been named by people who directly called the prosecutor's office to make accusations. They're just a little taste for you, okay, to keep you hanging on the line. Oh, look at this. Boy, that was quick. Eric's got the new poll up. His poll popped right up as soon as he heard the word sex. Let's see. What are you? Well, I could say just horny, but that would be a lie. Well, we already got ten votes on there. Just horny, exclusively heterosexual too, exclusively homosexual too, so that's 20 and 20. <laughs> Desperate too. And bisexual none. Well, I'm jealous of those bisexual people, you know. That's what the I wish I was bi just for like long enough to do Britney. Hey. Huh? I got dibs. What the hell did I see her on? I saw her on something last night. Boy, I'll tell you, the more I see her, the more I think, holy crap. Man. But nevertheless, I'll leave I'll leave her to Miguel and George. They can they can split her up, so to speak. <laughs> so to speak. And of course, since she's still a virgin, make a wish. Yeah, right. Yeah. Use her as a uh, human wishbone. I have a wishbone. Which leg you taken? Yeah, look at that. So we got 20% of the population is uh, heterosexual, 20% are homosexual, and nobody's bisexual. Let's hear it. I'm very jealous of those bisexual people like I started saying. Anyway, students told not to throw tortillas, although when you have a really small penis, you don't want to be, you know, Messing with, see, you don't have to have a big penis to, you know, do stuff with guys. 
But when you got like a teeny, teeny, tiny penis, you don't want to be like with a woman. Can you imagine her? Oh, can you? The very first date, the very first time you like uh, try to do something. You call that a penis? Kind of embarrassing, and you just kind of like slink away. Students told not to throw tortillas. Oh, Tucson, Arizona. University of Arizona students who'd rather toss tortillas than their mortar boards during graduation are being urged to leave the edible discs at home. University President Peter Likens had asked students not to bring tortillas to fling into the air at Saturday ceremonies. This is tomorrow because he said it was a waste of food and is culturally offensive to some people. Oh, my God, we got a bunch of touchy Mexicans again? Yeah. When you think about it, it's an offensive notion that when people are hungry all over the world and not very far from our own campus, the enormous quantities of food are just thrown in the air, thrown away, so to speak, he said. Patty Oda, the school's vice president for executive operations, will try to talk students out of their tortillas at the door using food bank boxes to play on their guilt. Tortillas emerged at commencement ceremonies during the late 1990s, university officials said. Former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright was greeted with flying tortillas as she addressed the class of 1999. Later, she told graduates at Georgetown about her Arizona experience. There, the solemn tradition is to throw tortillas around like frisbees during the commencement speech. It's a little unusual, but it does keep you alert, she said. And also probably keeps you fed, Madeleine. Don't look like she's missing any meals. 10.56 at 5.60. WQM, and speaking of that, what another great Neil Rogers segue. How about getting your ass over to the original Brothers Restaurant, one of the South Florida's best-kept re- uh, delis uh, and secrets? What is it? It's not just some ordinary deli. It's a fantastic place where they feature real New York deli-style food and service at its best. The original Brothers Restaurant, they've been piling on the delicious corned beef and pastrami and scrumptious brisket on thousands of sandwiches, big fat ones since 1976. In fact, their overstuffed sandwiches are so big that two hands aren't enough like Rob Lowe would say. Brothers have got the best homemade soup, salads, homemade chopped liver, all your favorites, and their hand-sliced Nova is so good it'll remind you of the Lower East Side. They've got a full bakery and takeout department, and Brothers can even cater your next holiday or family gathering. So when you think of deli, this is a place you ought to be checking out. Think of Brothers open every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You can eat in, take out. They do catering and corporate functions as well. Visit your brothers at, one, at what is it, 1325, like I said, 1325 South Powerline Road, or call them at 954-968-5881. That's 954-968-5881 for the original Brothers Restaurant. And be sure and tell them that Neil Rodgers. Fine pens are sold in Miami or Fort Lauderdale. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. It's Friday, you bastard. This ain't a song about a happy couple. Since we got married, my wife's weight doubled. Thighs like a tree, and she's got a big tush. Her stomach's so flabby that it covers her bush. It's my wife, I know she's back cause She got more chins than China does If she sits on me, I won't survive It's my wife, when she sits around the house She really sits around the house, you see If she sits on me, I won't survive Yeah, there's a good one for you. Good old John Bon Bablomi, or whatever the hell he used to call him. He's got a wife. And how come you faxed me this thing about Pizza Law phones still working after yesterday? The frantic message about the phone company that he uses went out of business and the phones aren't going to be working all weekend. Well, remember Make up the your message, mind, okay? The message, what's the real story hello, here? The message was they might not be working. 
and he gave us an update that they still are. No, the message was not that they might not be working. The message was they won't be working until Monday. I still have it. What does it say? It says they might not be working. The phone company is going out of business, but he doesn't know if they'll be working. So Well, that's the good news. The pizza, see how this guy manages to squeeze more free plugs out of this thing? And? Yes? He's bringing us food. And he's bringing uh, you food. Not bringing yeah. any to me because he's not coming all the way up here. I guarantee he'd like to come all the way up here. Guarantee you that. I'll stick some through the phone. Now, what's this? Uh, this is uh, this is supposed to be an ad. What is this in? I don't know. This is on the radio TV page in some rag. I don't know, is this in the Sun Sentinel TV book or something? It looks like the Sun Sentinel. We thank our listeners for making us number one. Sports Radio 560 WQM. Uh, sports Talk Live and Local. And it says uh, that that's outrageous. Sports Talk, Sports Radio. City Link. Oh, City Link. Thanks a lot again, Greg. Not any mention. Of, see, it's not Sports Radio. It's Sports Radio like for, let's see, uh, 16 hours a day. Overnight, it's not sports. After the Dirty Boys go on, it's Titty Radio. And certainly from 9 to 1, it's not Sports Talk Radio. So this isn't going to do a damn bit of good for uh, anybody on this show or the Overnight Dirty Boys. Not a not a bit of good. And, of course, who had the biggest numbers is always on his radio station that made it overall number one? We're number one, damn. Yeah, but don't even get that. Nice going, Norma. You keep going to your ball games and write your silly baby crap, okay, Norm? You silly person, you. God. Anyway, see, I was in such a good mood until Norma Kent faxed me that asshole stuff about the ball. Every day with the same stuff. Ba, 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 ba. Nobody cares, bozo. He goes to the game Wednesday. He calls me to proudly announce that there's like only 3,000 people there as if I give a crap. Dave Pastor's history of abuse shocks the South Dakota City. See, I was thinking during the break that if you really could get an honest survey, as if it makes any difference because it's basically nobody's business, but just for your curiosity's sake, if you get an honest survey of people's sexuality, if you go into like small towns, like into Montana, for example, into the woods, into North Carolina, I think you'd find that you'd find a hell of a lot more people at least who admit to being homosexual? No. Or bisexual? No. They're there, and they'll come out to the people that they know are cool, but it's very uncool to admit it generally and openly. So then why did you say no? I just got through saying you'd find a hell of a lot fewer people who would admit to being either one of those <laughs> above. I thought you said more. Hello? You know something? I think that it was better when you, uh, you and Greg hated each other. You were, you were doing much better up until today. Since, since he uh, flicked your bick or whatever the hell he did with you, you just aren't worth a crap. Yeah, stay the hell out of there, Greg, okay? You're not fooling anybody anyway. Gay Pastor's history of abuse shocks a South Dakota city. Though it was never meant to be a secret, the Metropolitan Community Church of Black Hills, South Dakota, which serves a gay and lesbian congregation, existed in relative obscurity in this community of 60,000. That is until last week when news broke that the church's pastor, the Reverend James A. Forsyth, was a former Roman Catholic priest, a former Roman Catholic priest who 13 years ago pleaded guilty molesting a 15-year-old boy while an associate pastor at a parish in Kansas. Mr. Forsyth passed was disclosed by the Kansas City Star, which reported that he had not registered as a sex offender with police here in Rapid City, a misdemeanor punishable by up to a year in jail. Captain Christopher Grant of the Rapid City Police said that Mr. Forsyth would not be charged and that the authorities believed his failure to register since his move here from Colorado in January 2000 had been an oversight he registered this week. But word that the 47-year-old Mr. Forsyth was a convicted child molester and that national officials of the Protestant denomination as well as... Uh, I can't read this. This is one of the worst facts. As members of the local congregation have been aware of his past, stunned many people in Rapid City, South Dakota. 
To some extent, the very presence of a church serving gays and lesbians was a surprise to this quite to, a, to quite a few in this small conservative city. And while the past days have brought no visible sign of intolerance, some worry that the Forsyth episode could pre- uh, prove a springboard for it. In other words, people live in Rapid City, South Dakota. Number one, didn't know there was any fags there, and certainly didn't know there was like any fag church like the MCC. How do you like that? So, like I just got through saying, it's like uh, a deep dark secret. As opposed to, like, if you go into a big city, because those 80 million pages that you faxed me from Chronic Dave, who ought to be hanging out at uh, Jeff Heise's house instead of bugging us, those 4 trillion pages that you faxed me, it goes through all these convoluted different studies, and Kinsey said this, and this study says that, and then there's another one where it says, oh, certainly there's less than 2 to 3% of the male population in the U.S. that are gay. Well, if you go to New York, that's what it says. If you read through the whole thing, if you go to New York, I don't think you can go to any uh, five-block area in New York City and look around and see a 100 people and say that only, like, maybe two of them are gay. No. Or, like, here in Toronto, if I walk outside, if I walk downtown in Toronto and I walk down Young or Church Street, if I walk down Church Street, I'd have a hell of a time finding anybody heterosexual. How do you like that? Maybe in my Dominion supermarket, maybe, but other than that, forget about it. Even without gaydar. I'm just telling you. So, like, in real cities, you'll find, like, a lot more of everything. That's just like if you were going to say, like, uh, everybody is, like, native-born American Anglo-Saxon cracker. Yeah, there's certain, like, little towns, like maybe in uh, Ashtabula or Canandaigua, New York, or Geneva, places like that, where there's about six people. But where you're in areas that are more diverse, lifestyles tend to be more perverse, as some would say. That's a good way to look at it. Speaking of perverse, here's a grotesque story, which I'm sorry that I took this long, but between you and Norma and that 85,000-page facts, in the basement of a Syracuse home, Jonathan Perry was given a choice. Did he want to be shot in the front or the back of the hade? Perry apparently didn't believe it. The 56-year-old retired man turned to go back upstairs and was killed with a single shot in the back of the hade. After the killing, police say the shooter, Henry L. Holyfield, and his girlfriend, Marticia Glenn, went on a shopping spree with his credit cards to buy, among other things, their wedding rings. Well, isn't that sweet? Aww. On Tuesday afternoon... Tuesday early afternoon, I went to John Perry's house with the intention of killing him, Holyfield told Syracuse police detectives yesterday. Holyfield, 21, and Glenn, 22, targeted Perry for murder and robbery because they knew he was generous, police said. I figured John had a lot of money because he was always giving it away, Glenn told police. Today, the couple are expected to be arraigned in city court on secondary murder and other charges in the April 23rd slaying of Perry at his home at 454 Mountain View Avenue in Syracuse, in Cuse. Holyfield is accused of killing Perry by shooting once in the back of the head with a 38 caliber handgun at about 12.30 p.m. April 23rd, while Glenn waited in the car before coming to help Holyfield loot the house. She waited until the shooting was done, and she came in to do the, get the looting done. First you do the shooting, and then you do the looting. There's a note on here from the person that faxed this to me, by the way. It says, the girl was my student at business college last semester. Schwarzer couple, white victim. How do you like that? We just mentioned that in passing. See, my trouble with dark folks, and I don't give a crap who likes it or who doesn't like my saying it, is that proportionately, since we're talking about proportions of the population, I've said this for years and I'll continue saying it, there are too many scumbags in the dark uh, part of our population because we're dealing with a different culture. We're dealing with a totally different culture, which I guess you're not supposed to say that, but I will again. And even though there are you know, many black people who are part of the mainstream culture of America, there are far too many who are part of a different culture that has no respect for human life, property, all of these things. You follow what I'm saying? Is there any debate about that? Nope. No. 
Onondaga County Chief Assistant District Attorney Stephen Dougherty said a grand jury is likely to consider a more serious first-degree murder charge, opening the door to a possible death penalty prosecution all right against Holyfield, based on his admission that he went to Perry's home last week intending to rob and kill him. Holyfield's four-page statement to police details how he killed Perry and how they ransacked his house. Holyfield said he and Glenn brought a, brought a blue laundry basket with them because we were going to take things from John's house and we wanted it to look like we were doing laundry and the laundry basket would conceal the stuff. Glenn told police she knew Hollyfield was going to rob Perry when they went to Perry's home. She claimed Hollyfield initially wanted her to lure Perry to the basement, but she was too frightened to do that. Hollyfield said that he went into Perry's home and talked to the victim into going to the basement. Once in the basement, because uh, that would muffle the gunshot, I knew Marticia wouldn't come into the house if a dead body was upstairs. Marticia. Oh, I can't, I can't take it. I cannot take it. And if there's anybody upset over the fact that I'm one of the very few people in this country who actually have the balls to go on here and tell it like it is, shove it up your ass. That's my comment to you, okay? Live in a real world, not in some dream world. Live in a freaking real world. Some of you silly old farts out there. If you can't say something nice, yeah. If you can't say something nice, be boring. Twelve minutes past eleven at 560 WQM. Hey, Mother's Day's this Sunday. Time's running out. You can almost hear that clock ticking. Is it really worth it? You can almost hear that clock ticking. So this year, more than ever before, show mom you love and appreciate her by sending her a cute little Vermont teddy bear. That's right. Your mom, wife, or grandma will receive a beautiful little bear made in Vermont and delivered with a free card and candy and a fun gift box. Just call a bear counselor at 1-800-829-BEAR, and they'll help you tailor a bear just for her so she'll know you put some real care and thought into this year's gift. Ask about the new Spa Ma bear or the Mama's Boy with a heart-shaped tattoo. And don't forget, every year at Mother's Day time, all you dads out there, it's your job to get mom a gift from the kids, and the mother and cub set is a perfect idea. You can add as many little cubs as needed with their names right on the outfits. It's so much more personal than sending those flowers, which, no question about it, flowers are beautiful, but guess what? In just a short time, they're dead and long forgotten. So call 1-800-829-BEAR or shop online at vermontteddybear.com. It only takes five minutes to order. A gift this Mother's Day is going to be one she'll remember forever if it's from the Vermont Teddy Bear Company. Be sure and tell them that old Neil told you to call toll-free, but do it now because time Time is running out fast. Call 1-800-829-BEAR, 1-800-829-BEAR. Ed Kaplan's Game Nights, weeknights at 10 on Sports Radio 560. QAM. I want to bang you in the butt, honey. Can't get enough of those four foul-mouthed kids from South Park? Well, Comedy Central changes attitudes and latitudes with four wise guys from Alabama. Join the laughs on the all-new animated series, Deep South Park. You smell that possum eating hillbilly? I bet your daddy did your sister every night. So, what's your point, Rufus? It's Deep South Park, with all the dirty language and ethnic slurs to ensure instant success. How come every time I f*** the f***? Some gets in the with the machine. That's because the is a and he don't like sheep. It's Deep South Park, just like South Park, except with outrageous southern accents. Oh, my God! Thank you, Billy Bob! You Yankee bastards! Oh, well, let's go hunt some roadkill. Deep South Park, coming soon to Comedy Central. You know what the D stands for in Deep South, like in Dumb? It's 1116 at 560 WQM. We got uh, 85 vote. Which are you? Exclusively heterosexual, 33. 39%. Let's hear it. Oh! Just horny, 24, which means mostly Hispanic. Desperate, 12, which means mostly uh, look like Gilbert. Exclusively homosexual, 11. That's uh, 13%. And bisexual, 5, about 6%. Aren't you jealous? No, you're not. No. 
Well, why not? Just stop and think about it. Well, it would make things easier and more convenient, but, nah. <laughs> Yucky. <laughs> I agree. I'm not uh, interested. But it sounded good, though, the thing about uh, only Britney Spears. And, of course, I'm not going to even get to meet Britney Spears. Sorry, forget about the rest. How about Jessica Simpson? I don't think so. Eh. Although she may have actually seen it. 11-17, we got the Mad Dog, Jim Mandage, coming up at 1. All right. The Humper, Hank, who is a... Now, what was the word that Norma used? The um, very entertaining... I don't know, some suck-ass term he used in there. And then he ripped, then he gave him a shot. Hey, Hank, if Norm Kent ever uh, crosses your path at the ball game, <laughs> tell him you wouldn't uh, crap on the best part of him if you could find it. Hank will be on to three. Then we got the uh, pregame show at 6.30. The Dodgers in town to play your South Florida baseball team at 7.05, which I would say they have about maybe 16,000, 17,000 tonight. Eddie K at 10, and Joe and Mark, the Dirty Boys overnight, with the hottest new show in town. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I made up. New priest allegation emerges. This is in the Palm Beach Post. I told you I had a lot more of these. Good. Didn't want to let you down. Thank you. State Attorney Barry Kreischer Krischer's office is examining newly surfaced allegations of sexual child abuse by a priest in the Diocese of Palm Beach. Boy, they sure have gotten hit hard, haven't they, in Palm Beach? Yes. The alleged victim, now an adult, said he was abused. See, since you talked to Greg, man, you're as useless as Keats well, no, on a goddamn ballpoint pen. What is it? You scared me now. Why? Because we both heard the same thing over here. We heard what? We heard what you said, and I responded to that, and uh, apparently uh, we heard wrong. So about now, what? About that other thing, I guess. I got my response wrong. The small town. Is thing. there anybody following any of this that he's talking about? No. Hello, Earth. Hello, George to Earth. Or is it the other way around? Earth to George. State Attorney Barry Krishnazal. Anyway, the alleged victim, now an adult, said he was abused more than a decade ago. I had complained to church authorities at the time. This week, he recounted the allegation to retired Judge Edward Rogers, no relation, no, spelled wrong, who is scrutinizing priest personnel records on behalf of a 17-member church committee. The reason I said spelled wrong, you don't need no D in Rogers, okay? Rogers said yesterday he could find no record of the allegation in church files. He received a letter outlining the allegation from the man Tuesday night, forwarded to Krischer on Wednesday. Krischer, through a spokesman, acknowledged yesterday investigators were looking into the matter. He declined to elaborate. How do you like that? Another mystery. But like I said, they're sure getting it up the old chute in Palm Beach. Man. New testimony clouds Skakel's whereabouts. Whether he was home during Moxley killing is seen as key, writes Leonard Levitt in the Newsday today. You know, we haven't talked about this very much because I don't think anybody really cares about it. Do you, they, they do you really think don't. they care? No. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody knows about it. Nobody knows who Michael is. I mean, I'll Skakel do this is. one thing because it's fairly short. But nobody knows for Michael Skakel, first of all. Plus, he don't look like any of the Kennedys. I mean, even William Kennedy Smith, he was kind of like pasty, and uh, but not as pasty Irish-looking as this old turd. See if his name was Kennedy. Yeah, William Kennedy Smith, that's right. That's a good point. By the way, he did it. Oh, I don't want to say he did it. That rape thing? Yeah. He did it. But I don't want to say that. A friend of Michael Skakel's older sister testified yesterday that on the night that Martha Moxley was killed nearly 27 years ago, Michael was at his house when he said he was visiting his cousin several miles away. Her voice steady, Andrea Shakespeare Renna, 16 years old when Martha was killed, said she saw Michael inside the Skakel home about 9.45 p.m. October 30, 1975, just before sister Julie drove her home. Contrary to Michael's claim over the years that he last saw Martha at 9.15 when he and his brothers, Rushton Jr. and John, drove from their home to that of his cousin Jimmy Terrian, Renna testified at Michael's murder trial that she was sure that Michael did not visit the Terrians that night because when she entered the Skakel home to retrieve Julie's car keys, Michael was inside the home, okay? How do you like them apples? In other words, liar, liar. Your thing's on fire. What a pasty old Irishman he is. Fat-faced. I knew he didn't get into the car, she said. He was not in the car that went to the Tyrian home. 
wonder if uh, they were kin to a Christarian. Spell different. Don't start with that hockey stuff now, okay? You'll get the audience very upset. By the way, did you hear about the new uh, general manager? Yeah, I heard. Renna added that when she saw Michael after Martha's body had been discovered the following day, he told her that he and his older brother, Thomas, were the last people to have seen Martha. Renna said she first told Greenwich Detective Frank Gar about Michael in 1991. Until then, she said she had never been questioned about Michael. For years, Greenwich police discounted Michael as a suspect, believing that Martha was killed between 9.45 and 10 p.m., concluding Michael could not have returned from the Tyrians in time to have killed her. Of course, he wasn't there. Renner was followed on the witness stand by Kenneth Littleton, who had moved into the Skakel home the night of the murder as a tutor for the Skakel children, and who became a suspect the following summer after committing a series of burglaries in Nantucket, which is one of my very favorite cities, Nantucket. Not because it's a great place. There used to be a racetrack there. I think I've been there in Nantucket. You ever been there? No, never. You haven't been anywhere. Okay. We keep going yeah, through Yeah, there was that. Nantucket Raceway, and there was also uh, Narragansett Park or something like that. Well, anyway, maybe it was Narragansett, not Nantucket. I just like saying Nantucket because it rhymes with... Larry Puckett and the Union Gap. Although Littleton was granted immunity from prosecution in the Moxley case, Gakel's attorney, Michael Sherman, no relation to Allen, is attempting to enter as evidence a conversation between Littleton and his former wife that investigators secretly tape-recorded. According to Sherman, the conversation includes discussion of an earlier talk in which Littleton allegedly confessed to the crime. The so-called confession will be the subject of a hearing before presiding judge John Kavanuski today. And on it goes. Like I said, nobody cares about Michael Skakel. If his name was Michael Kennedy Skakel, they might care a little bit, but then they would take one look at him and say, ah, pudgy turdburger. Nobody cares. I'll tell you somebody they care about a lot. Miss Cleo. Yeah. Miss Cleo asked for a lawsuit dismissal, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm on her side. Oh! You go, girl. When you look at all the fraudulent crap that's on TV, when you look at this crossing over Jonathan Edwards fraudulent guy that's on there talking to dead people, and when you look at all these infomercials where 95% of them are selling you a pile of crap, claiming they got the cure for it, and then you got all those uh, instant fat-burning things on there, which are every one of them a fraud and a fake. Every goddamn one of them is a fraud and a freaking fake, and a freaking fraud and a goddamn fake. Nobody seems to care about that. That's okay. Like the government's really looking out for our benefit. But poor Miss Cleo is just a hardened bitch trying to make some cash. And they put on the screen in fine print. I'll tell you one thing. My eyesight is sure good in spite of eating all that ice cream, which I'm not eating any more of it. Good. No, because you see the, the, the quality of the faxes that you're sending me. And then when I get the next generation of it, the fact that I can read some of this stuff, believe me, you'll have to pardon the fact that some of it I don't, uh, you know. But, man, some of it, the print, you'd need a goddamn Mount Palomar telescope just to see it. So I'm pretty proud of that, even if it doesn't make any sense to you and nobody cares about it. Too much reading, Neil. <laughs> Too bad. I like it. Miss Cleo asked for a lawsuit dismissal. I'll tell you one thing, I like it a lot better than Tom Jicka. An attorney for the self-proclaimed telephone psychic Miss Cleo asked the judge to dismiss Florida's lawsuit against her this week. Lawyer William Cohen said his client, who was born Ureed Del Harris in Los Angeles, was doing what actors, uh, actors have done on inf infomercials for years, pitching products or services for companies that hired them. That's right. And she, like I said, puts that disclaimer on the bottom for uh, entertainment purposes and morons and, and stupid people only. Harris, who lives in Fort Lauderdale, has been charged in a civil suit by the state with deceptive trade practices for her TV ads pitching a psychic hotline that charged up to four ninety nine a minute. How come they never charged uh, Bishvold Griffin? And Shirley Tweeters and all those people. I don't think they had the same scam going on exactly. Oh. Maybe that's why they went off the air. Maybe they weren't doing so good as Miss Cleo. Maybe that's why she's still on. And she is still on, by the way. I see her stuff up here on the Buffalo's channels. 
Cohn told Circuit Judge Thomas Lynch that former Miami Vice star Philip Michael Thomas and singer Dionne Warwick made similar psychic hotline commercials, and the state didn't sue them. Very good. Excellent, Mr. Cohn, Billy Boy. Good point, Dionne Warwick. Now, there's one for you, that bitch. Every time I see her, I say a little prayer that I won't see her again. He also said the state's advertising laws don't define what's deceptive, meaning can use broad allegations to accuse anyone. But Assistant Attorney General David Ehrenberg said Harris knew her claims of psychic powers were false and she was breaking the law. Just because we don't sue everybody doesn't mean we can't sue her, Ehrenberg said. The judge said he'd decide in two weeks whether to dismiss the lawsuit. Throw it out. When in doubt, throw it out, judge. Here come the judge. you got to be throwing it out, please. Leave poor Miss Cleo alone. we got all these axe murderers out there. we got every faker on there. All these people exploiting those of us who are fat and desperate and can't lose the goddamn weight and walking around where we're waddling around. Choking on her own fat like poor Al Goldstein, who's going to spend 60 days in jail if they ever get him out of the hospital. I wonder if he's going to get fish food in, uh, in jail, you think? He'll have it smuggled in something. Yeah, Rose will bring it in. 108 people on our poll. Which are you? Exclusively heterosexual, 47. 43.5%. Let's hear it oh! for this macho audience. Just horny, 27. Julio's, I'm sure. Desperate, 14. Gilbert lookalikes. Exclusively homosexual, 13. That's 12%. And bisexual, 7, 6.4%. So, so far we got 12% of this audience fags. And another, and of course, then the other 7, I mean, they count too, right? The other 6%, the buys? No, they're buys. Hey, here's a great buy for you. And that's a great new mattress from Dial a Mattress. That's right, you're going to save a lot of money and a lot of time in gas too because you don't have to schlep all over time. And believe me, let me, I don't have to tell you, but let me say it anyway. When it's 145 degrees in the shade, when you're spitzing just walking outside of the car or just getting out of the garage, believe me, you don't want to do any more of that slapping around than you have to. And when it comes to getting you a great name, brand, uh, brand name mattress that you're going to love and your back is going to be in love with, you just have to make one easy call. Just reach over and grab that phone while you're eating your fish food or your Nestle's turtle, sorry, and call our friends at Dollar Mattress toll-free at 1-800-MATTRESS. They got the best brands in the universe. They got your Serta and Sealy, Simmons, and King Coil. And when you call Dollar Mattress at 1-800-MATTRESS, you pick the day in the two-hour window for delivery, seven days a week when it's convenient for you, when you're going to be there. And you don't have to sit around killing a whole day waiting for somebody to show up. Also, when you do business with these folks, you get yourself a 30-day in-home comfort guarantee so you can test your mattress the only right way, the smart way, by sleeping on it, screwing your brains out on it, doing whatever the hell you like on it. Believe me, your back is going to thank you. You ever have your back say like in the morning, thank you? Just call 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, or check them out on the web at mattress.com. The Marlins take on the Dodgers tonight at Pro Player. Coverage starts at 6.30 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Don't take any bullshit from him. What part does brown play in your business? Brown is the color of my secretary's shorts when I tell her she has to work late on Friday. <laughs> Jerk. Brown is the color of my boss's shorts when I threaten to sue him for harassment to get back at him for making me work late on Friday. <laughs> Bimbo, let's face it. Brown plays a part in every successful business. Brown is the color of my nose when I tell my boss what a great job he's doing. Hey, boss, keep up the good work, jerk. <laughs> well, brown is the color of the slip I give my slacker employees for talking about me under their breath. <laughs> oh, wait, that's not brown. That's a pink slip. <laughs> Losers. What can brown do for you? Nothing. It's just a color. What a stupid commercial. Getting out of here. 1131 at 560 WQM. And is your, uh, cause it's not mine, cause I just put new toner in my fax machine, so it's like brand spanking new and beautiful? Yes, I have to change it. Uh, 
See, how do you like that? Even though I'm far away, I'm still in touch with what's going on down there. Oh, and by the way, I don't want to like do business on the air, but since uh, I don't want to waste the time afterwards, since it's Friday and it's going to be one o'clock, and I'm going to lunch. The audience loves it. Go ahead. You know that new fax machine I was going to get up here that was supposed to be the newer version of that one you got working down there? <laughs> yes. No, no, seriously. I mean, it's already the 10th of May. I don't want to get pushy about it, but we started here on the 1st of March with this loud. I mean, this is a wonderful fax machine, except for the fact that it's loud and the paper gets real hot. It's a heat-seeking missile, you know what I mean? Yes. And, uh, and in fact, it's making so much noise right now, I can barely hear myself think. But we were supposed to get that new one. It was on backward. Let's see, March, April. We're talking two and a half months. So maybe inquiring minds before Clarence goes out of town, Too or if we have like somebody pretending to be the program director or engineer or something like that, could check on that for me because I'd hate, since I'm the one that's paying for all this new fax paper and the toners and stuff, which I don't mind, but I don't want like, to have a whole bunch of stuff sitting in here that I'm never going to use. Anybody following what I'm talking about? No. Good. See what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. But so you might want to pass that gone. word along. Just, just put a little feeler out, see if that thing's ever going to show up here, I which think I we're going to have to wait for Duff to get back. Oh, well. Former seminarian arrested in Cobb Station case. A former seminarian at Marriott Catholic Church, wanted by Cobb County Police on child molestation charges in Lakeland, is in the Lakeland Hospital for observation today. Kenneth Cassidy, 43, of Auburndale, Florida. I know where that is. Boy, you talk about yahoos. Woo! That's up by uh, Lakeland. Ever been to Auburndale? No. Man. Even the adults run around in diapers in that town. Ew. Anyway, Kenneth complained of chest pains Thursday evening as he was being booked in the Polk County, Florida jail. Sheriff spokesman uh, Kerry Rogers said, Rogers said Cassidy was admitted to a hospital in Lakeland for observation and is, uh, is under guard under sheriff's deputy. Cassidy was arrested Thursday at his apartment in Auburndale on warrants by detectives in Cobb County, charging him with two counts of child molestation and four counts of sexual battery against three victims. Former seminarian. All right, let's hear it. Here's one it says, and I can barely read these because you're running out of toner there and it's getting me right on I'll my nerves. Turn the break. In case you missed it, this is Masturbation Awareness Month. Oh, don't tell the Catholic Church that. God. But students at Binghamton University in upstate New York aren't likely to forget. A student-organized sex toy party marked the occasion this week in the Student Union Lounge. Senior Maria Doherty helped to organize the event. She says they wanted to take the taboo away from masturbation, but one member of the school's board of trustees called the sex toy party a sad example of virgin of vulgarity. I thought it said virginity. Vulgarity. University officials note the student gathering was protected by free speech rights. How do you like that? So if you're going to one of the great learning institutions in America, have you a sex toy party? Sounds good to me. In honor of Masturbation Awareness Month. Somebody tell the Pope. Now that you started sending me this stuff, there's just a never-ending supply of these stories. It's a shame. I think it's, it's like a conspiracy. Advocates for victims of clergy sexual abuse urged U.S. bishops yesterday to help them convince state lawmakers nationwide to make it easier to prosecute Roman Catholic priests to molest children. Survivors' network of those abused by priests want legislatures to expand or eliminate criminal uh, uh, statutes of limitations to require that clergy in every state report suspected abuse. If we've learned anything in the past 20 years, it's that the church cannot police itself, said Mark London, a SNAP spokesperson in New York, reading from a statement released by the advocacy group in about 20 U.S. cities. A spokesman for the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops had no immediate comment on SNAP's request for the bishops to join lobbying uh, effort. Roughly a dozen states specifically require clergy to report suspected abuse, and about 16 others have laws saying in broad terms that anyone with knowledge of abuse should report it. Several states have begun considering changes to their laws on reporting abuse in light of the waves of clergy molestation scandals that have rocked the Catholic Church in America this year. Oh! How do you like that? It rocks. rocks the church. FBI man's chilling 9-11 prediction. 
FBI headquarters ignore, ignored its own agent's red flag warning a month before 9-11 that Zacharias Musawi was the kind of person who might fly something into the World Trade Center, FBI Director Robert Mueller admitted on Wednesday. It was previously known that instructors at a Minnesota flight school warned local FBI agents that Musawi, later described as the 20th hijacker, might try to fly a plane loaded with fuel into a building. But Mueller's revelation in a congressional hearing showed for the first time that an FBI investigator took that horrifying threat further and actually considered the scenario that occurred on 9-11. Mueller said the agent who arrested Musawi on August 16th took the belief that this is the type of individual to take a plane to hijack it. In one of the notes, the agent in Minneapolis mentioned the possibility of Musawi being the type of person who could fly something into the World Trade Center, he said. Also yesterday, it was reported that the FBI got a French intelligence report weeks before September the 11th saying Musawi was a dangerous Islamic extremist. The inf uh, information came from a French judge and terrorist hunter, according to CBS's 60 Minutes. Two. The judge told CBS that French officials gave the FBI everything we had on Musawi, but U.S. officials disputed the French claim and said the information consisted of just a few pages saying he was an Islamic extremist and was dangerous. The Musawi file was turned over weeks before the September 11th attacks in which Musawi allegedly planned to participate. Yadi, yadi, yadi. Meanwhile, a suspect and alleged scheme to obtain fraudulent student visas had flight manuals, a drawing of a plane striking one of the World Trade Center towers, and a date book with a loan entry September 11th according to court documents in Norfolk, Virginia. The Virginian pilot obtained the documents that were used to justify the arrest of five suspects in the Norfolk area Tuesday. They were among more than 58 people arrested in 13 states on Tuesday. The newspaper reported yesterday that material seized in northern Virginia also included an FAA flight manual, photos of men posing outside the Trade Center, and an aerial view photograph of the Pentagon. It said another suspect who lived in Norfolk had a CD-ROM with the words Gainesville and flight school on it. The FBI and other agencies are investigating whether any of the individuals had ties to the terrorist attacks or connection with Osama Yomama's al-Qaeda network. The court documents were filed in connection with the arrest of suspects in what prosecutors called a nationwide ring that used stand-ins to fraudulently take English language proficiency exams for 130 foreign students. Passing the exams allowed them to stay in the U.S. legally. Raids carried out Tuesday in 13 states led to 58 arrests, mostly students accused of paying others to take the exam for them. The test is required by many colleges and universities as proof that foreign students are complying with the terms of student visas under which they enter the country. Among the other items seized in northern Virginia, the pilot reported, were listings com containing locations of oil refineries, a date book that contained a September 11th entry, and the words, Track the World Trade Center or the Pentagon, Track for the Plan, a book identifying commercial airliners and videos entitled Incredible Air Disasters and Incredible Water Disasters. Oy. I'm not saying that we were asleep at the switch, but you know what? Were we a sweet, uh, what is it? We were asleep at the switch. 21 till noon at 560 WQM. We got the Mad Dog coming up at one. Hank, the, con what was that word again that he used? That, 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 that fax from Norm just changed the whole show today. Don't ever fax me again, okay? Norma, don't ever fax again. And don't call me, I'll call you. A walking waste of time on two legs. Hey, if you're thinking of painting your home or business, that's also a waste of time. Don't paint. Protect your investment with liquid ceramic. Liquid Ceramic, the technology born in NASA's space program, is now available in South Florida. That's the good news for you. Liquid Ceramic is the most advanced exterior, interior, and roof coating available. You, too, can have the same high-tech ceramic technology that shields the space shuttle, protecting your home or building, and you'll never, ever have to paint again. That's right. You heard right. Liquid Ceramic is guaranteed for as long as you own your home or building. So forget about repainting every few years, because Liquid Ceramic won't fade, it won't peel, it's guaranteed. 
the state-of-the-art coating yields an R24 insulation equivalency, which means it can really help bring those electric bills down for you. Liquid Ceramic is available in over 1,800 different colors. Check out Liquid Ceramic today. Call 305-347-5122. Liquid Ceramic's been manufactured and sold for over 40 years, and now the good news, like I said, it's available here in South Florida. Call 305 305- 347-5122 or visit them on the net at liquidceramic.tv 305-347-5122 and when you call be sure and tell them Spectacular! Absolutely correct! Number one. Oh. Damn it. This is Sports Radio 560 QAM Push the button, Max! Hey kids, are you tired of that neighborhood bully? He stole my lunch money Ah, shut up, kid and tell your mom to hold the mail next time. Next time, fight back. But he's bigger than me. No, no, no. Just tell mom next time she hits the candy aisle at the grocery store, pick up a pack of new Shit-Cat candy bars. Shit-Cat? Yes, it's a new candy bar made entirely from recycled cow dung. Guaranteed to turn your stomach. So next time... All right, kid, give me a lunch. No, no. Please don't take it. Just shut up and hand it over. Okay, here you go. But whatever you do, please don't eat my candy bar. Hey, cool. Ah, this tastes like sugar. So, you want my lunch tomorrow, too? We got a hunch. You got to blow lunch. When you take a bite of that shit cat bar. I gotta be honest with you, that's probably the best bleep of any bit we've ever had. Uh-huh. I just, I gotta play that all day on Monday. Define best. 1144, 16 till noon at 560 WQM. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Ma. Happy Mother's Day to George's Ma and Miguel as well. Especially to George's Ma. Yeah. Bitch. Bad news though. Bubba says hosting TV show unlikely. Aww. Former President Bill Clinton says it's unlikely he'll start a new career as a TV talk show host, but admitted the idea had some appeal. Clinton met with it. Oh, and I should have done, speaking of appeal, I should have done the story about how they threw uh, one of the black players. Was that an NBA game or a baseball game? I know you're when not asking me. they threw the banana? I don't know that story. I guess, I guess nobody there knows. They threw a banana at him. Was that a racial thing? Oh, no, maybe it was a hockey game. I don't, I don't know. Oh, you know, it was the hockey game. It was the Carolina-Montreal game. That's right. It was a frog, a frog fan. See, hockey, you totally forget about when you're on QAM, which is very sad because it's the Stanley Cup playoffs, and there are a lot of people with an IQ who are not interested in boring crap like baseball, but like hockey is going on right now, the playoffs, Stanley Cup. Eating the using call. Calling on it, on the boards. Bobby gets up and kicks it loose. Attaboy, kick it again, Ty. He's okay in my book, that Ty dummy. He's all right. A hey, big game five tonight at the Air Canada Center, eh? And like I said, what a blowjob by the Canadians last night. They were ahead three nothing. They're still clinging to a three two lead late in the game. They give up the, uh, they can't get it out of their own end, man. Get the puck out of here. That's what I'm always saying. Get the puck out of here. They couldn't get out of their own end. Carolina ties it up and then wins on a long shot from the blue line, a screenshot in overtime. Poor Josie Theodore, man, I feel bad for him. You could hear the choking, gagging sound just when I thought it looked really good. I mean, they were off to a three to one lead in the series and instead they go back to Carolina two two. We're in their French tutu. Did I uh, get? I guess I did the first sentence of this. Clinton met with NBC executives last week in LA to discuss the possibility of a show, an unconventional move for an ex-president, one that generated a flurry of attention. You bet it uh, got a flurry of attention because we'd all be watching it, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Even that bush licker or Miguel would watch it. I guarantee you that. Why do you call Miguel a bush licker? He's not a bush man. But just because he's Cuban, he might be. You know what? That's a good point. 
Miguel? Yeah. Yeah, he's a Bush guy. Who the hell are you kidding, man? I had no idea. He's a Bush man. All this time? Yeah, up until today, I thought it was Barzini all along. It's Miguel. I like Bush. I don't think this is going to happen, Clinton said during an NPR interview scheduled to air today, and maybe it was already on. I'd be surprised if it did happen, he said. Clinton, the guest on NPR's The Tabith Smiley Show, said a TV forum would allow him to address things I care about in an environment where people would be free to listen to larger numbers of people than I can speak to. Clinton added that neither he nor the network were the impetus for the meeting. He was approached by a group of people whom he didn't identify and asked for help in financing a show, he said. Asked if he'd accept a position in which he provided analysis or commentary, Clinton said he didn't know. Like everybody else, either they're not saying, they're not talking, or I don't know. NBC has declined to talk about the meeting, and a spokeswoman for Clinton downplayed its significance last week, calling it one of many discussions he's had about potential projects since leaving office. Now, I'll tell you one thing, you can't complain about the hockey talk on QAM because there isn't any. Stanley Cup playoffs. And Norma Kent is worried about they didn't talk enough about baseball and about the South Florida team and yada yada and about Cliff Floyd and all this other happy horse crap. Stanley Cup playoffs going on now, Mr. Hotshot. And on what's supposed to be a sports station, you're going to hear anything about it? No. Not a freaking word, even from Geldy now, who's so goddamn intimidated and scared of his own shadow. He won't even say Puck. He won't even say Schmidt. But that's okay. We all have to, like, you know, cover our ass, Geldy. I understand. He's got that kid to feed. Here's some good news for all of us. Canon Law said to be of legal, uh, little legal weight, says the Boston Globe today. And didn't I already tell you that? Yeah, bogus. As You know, you set yourself up and you make up your own bunch of crap. Oh, well, Frank Cannon said that we're above the law. Yeah, well, Frank Cannon's dead, okay? I did like William Conrad, though. Boy, he was great. And don't tell me he wasn't great because you don't like cop shows. Uh, Cannon was great. Schmuck. Whatever you say. It was a good show. It was a damn good show. It was a Quinn Martin production, okay? Because he always gets his man like Barnacles Jones. How could anybody not like cop shows? They always end the same. They're all formulaic. In his deposition on Wednesday, Cardinal Law explained that he abandoned his agreement to pay 86 victims of pedophile priest John Gagan after the Archdiocese Finance Council told him they wouldn't approve it and he learned that canon law required the council's approval for such a large expenditure. However, civil precedents around the nation, interviews with legal specialists, suggest that citing canon law, the body of laws that govern the Catholic Church, as a mitigating circumstance seldom works when secular or civil law becomes entangled in church business. Canon law has no relevance to the criminal justice system or civil legal, uh, civic, what is it? Civil legal proceedings. Say that again. It can't be used to trump secular law, said Barry Lynn, executive director of Americans United for Separation of Church and State, a great Washington-based lobbying group. You go, boy. Nice going, Barry. Charles M. Wilson, executive director of the St. Joseph Foundation, a Texas-based canon law think tank, agrees. According to canon law itself, the jurisdiction of civil courts is paramount, Wilson said. And here I always thought it was Warner Brothers. It's not just that the church defers to civil law, it adopts civil law as its own. Scholars say canon law was the basis for the development of the secular legal systems used throughout the Western world. Harold J. Berman, a professor of Emory, uh, at Emory School of Law in Atlanta and author of Law and Revolution, the Formation of Western Legal Tradition, said Western jurisprudence traces its origins to canon law as it was practiced in the 11th and 12th centuries. Berman, formerly professor at Harvard Law School, said secular law occasionally makes exceptions for canon law, such as the recent decision by the Massachusetts legislature to include a priest penitent exclusion in the state's new law that requires members of clergy to report suspected child abuse. 
Our law is full of canon law principles that are now not considered canon law, such as monogamy, said Berman. But canon law has, since the 16th century, recognized the superiority, of, if you will, of civil law. Until the Reformation, the Catholic Church's law prevailed over the secular law, but secular law can never be trumped, he said. Still, because of the First Amendment to the Constitution, which guarantees freedom of religion and calls for the separation of church and state, courts have been reluctant to get involved in church affairs. Yeah, they're peeing in their pants just like the media. They're scared of their own shadow. U.S. courts usually don't want to touch these cases with a barge pool, said Wilson, with a 10-foot uh, schlong. We've had very few cases where the issue of canon law and secular law is raised at all. Lynn said the vast majority of cases in the U.S. in which the issue of canon law and civil law came ahead to head involved property disputes, often when one group in a church got into an argument with another group in the same church over real estate or who represented the real church. Will the real Christians please stand up, huh? Will the real good Catholics, will the real non-molesting priest, will the real heterosexual priest please stand up? No. Maryland's governor issues death penalty moratorium. Maryland Governor Paris Glenn Denning imposed a moratorium on executions Thursday until the state finishes a study on whether there's a racial bias in the use of the death penalty. Here we go again. Remember John Spinkelink? Yes. White guy. They had to fry him because, uh, you know, and how about Ted Bundy? Was he black? Nope. Glenn Denning, a Democrat, said he envisions the stay remaining in place until the study is reviewed and acted upon by the legislature, which I expect to take about a year, he said. Of course, I remember, also remember Pitts and Lee. Glenn Denning stopped the execution of Wesley Eugene Baker, who was scheduled to die by lethal injection sometime next week, and said he would stay any other executions that come before him. Baker was convicted of a 1991 murder. Nine of the 13 people on death row in Maryland are African-American, including Baker. During his tenure, Glenn Denning allowed the state to go forward with two executions, but he commuted a third. The Baker case was the fourth such case to come before him. It is imperative that I, as well as our citizens, have complete confidence that the legal process involved in capital cases is fair and impartial, Glenn Denning said. An extensive two-year study by the University of Maryland examining the effects of racial and jurisdictional factors on the imposition of the death penalty is nearing completion. The university study was commissioned in the spring of 2000, is expected to be completed later on this year. Given that the study will be released soon, he'd be saying, and the critical need to be absolutely sure of the integrity of the process, <clears throat> I'm issuing a stay for this case, and I'll stay any others that come before me pending completion of the study, he said. So there you go. Everything is racist, but like I said before, when you're dealing with a separate culture, and I'm not saying that there aren't situations where there's racism involved, because obviously there are, but it's a pretty sad excuse for a lot of the barbaric, grotesque, unacceptable, so-called subculture activity that goes on. But we're not supposed to say that, are we? No, don't say well, that. Well, we can say whatever the hell we want. Might get some people all bent out of shape, but too freaking bad. Flanagan High School's ninth grade annex. This is a story from a couple of days ago that I couldn't get to. We'll switch to a four-day school week, and the entire campus enrollment will remain capped, school board members voted this week, in an attempt to control crowding at the county's largest school. See, there are people who want to spend tax money to build goddamn baseball stadiums for a bunch of crybaby millionaires who lie about all the money they're supposedly losing, but we can't uh, build schools enough to hold your kids. I'm going to tell you right now, and I mean this from the bottom of my toes, okay, any asshole down there that's willing to spend one more tax dime, and I admit that I was, uh, you know, the thing with the Macarena was selfish and hockey and yada yada. If I had to do it over again, I'd say no. No. Take those millions and build more schools in Dade and Broward counties and Palm Beach and wherever else we need them. And get textbooks for those kids in Dade that have no textbooks to take home. FNA. The four-day week will give different freshmen a different day off, reducing enrollment at the NX by one-fifth on any given day, and thereby making room for more students than the campus could normally handle. The school day will be also lengthened to avoid losing class time. 
The enrollment cap, which affects the entire school, allows students currently at Flanagan to stay and will allow 8th graders to attend middle schools that feed into Flanagan and enter the school's ninth grade. But new students moving into the area will likely be out of luck and instead bus to Miramar High School. How do you like that? How would you like to be bus to Miramar? No, thank you. Oh, probably that Glenn from Miramar is running around shooting uh, shots up in the air in Miramar. Stay the hell away from him. Hooray, cried Flanagan High School Principal Susan Shalas. Have you ever heard anybody in your life say hooray? Never. No. It's a, it's a word in comic books. It's like Shazam. <laughs> Nobody says hooray. Hip, hip. Who the hell wrote this? Jamie Malerny, education writer for the goddamn Sun Sentinel. Hey, you ought to get yourself some education, Jamie, whatever you are. Hooray, cried Flanagan High School Principal Susan Shawless, who has struggled to keep her school from sinking under the weight of nearly 5,500 students. Now that the caps have been extended, school officials can start figuring out the complex schedules that will make the four-day school week work the annex of portables. And uh, portables we're talking about. You do understand. Oh, God. Yeah, trailer, like for trailer trash. Administrators already are puzzling over how to ensure freshmen involved in band and sports aren't off on practice days. A parent committee has also been developed to offer more concrete programs for students one on, on their day off. The city of Pembroke Pines has promised to offer free activities. A chief concern of many parents is that students will waste the day or find ways to get into trouble if their parents are at work, like uh, Ferris Bueller, for example. I think we're going to have a lot of kids out there with nothing to do, said a word Michelle Colligan, whose daughter was a junior at Flanagan. I don't know any ninth grader who wants to go to daycare. Officials say extreme measures like capping and the four-day week are necessary because Flanagan is bursting at the seams, expecting nearly 6,000 students next fall, and we've got assholes down there, including some on this radio station, who are continuing to hype this psychotic business of, oh, yeah, well, there's a will, there's a way, and we'll find some way to finance it. My freaking ass, you'll find a way to finance some goddamn baseball stadium in a town where they can't draw flies to a manure pile, okay, for baseball. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to do it. And if they held the election tomorrow, seven weeks from Sukkot, the result is overwhelming. It's going to be absolutely positively. No. And we've discussed it until I'm goddamn blue in the face on both cheeks. God. Same old tight crap from the same sports nerds. They want their, they want their little world with another goddamn sports venue on every street corner. So they can continue, uh, you know, browbeating us with crap that nobody cares about. Like I said, Norm, no more, no more stupid faxes. Isn't that what Bush said? No nude faxes. Yeah, Papa Bush. Four till noon at 560 WQM, you know, Mother's Day. This is our last chance to remind you, and your last chance, too, because time the, you heard that ticker before. It's clicking away. Mother's Day is this Sunday, day after tomorrow. This year, more than ever, why not show Mom you love and appreciate her by sending her a Vermont teddy bear? Am I doing the right spot or not? Nope. No. Well, so I'll just switch them around. What's wrong with that? None. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, believe me, I'll switch them around. No problem. Just relax, Miguel, okay? Don't get all excited. You asked. In addition to which, I mean, this gives them a few more minutes to uh, call Vermont Teddy Bear. Your mom, wife, or grandma will get a beautiful little bear made in Vermont, delivered with a free card and candy and a fun gift box. And there's nothing like having a gift box. Just call our bear counselor at 1-800-829-BEAR. They'll help you tailor a bear just for her so she'll know you put some real thought into it this year as opposed to past years where you really screwed off. Ask about the new Spa Ma Bear or the Mama's Boy with a heart-shaped tattoo. And don't forget, all you papas out there, it's your job to get a gift for, from the kids for Mom. And the mother and cub set is a perfect idea. You can add as many cubs as needed with their names on the outfits. It's a lot more personal than those stupid wilting flowers. So call that phone number now, and it can still get it there in time for Sunday. Call 1-800-829-BEAR or shop online at vermontteddybear.com. 1-800-829-BEAR. Be sure and tell them that... Steakhouse. No rules, just right. But you can call me Geldy. Whenever I'm in town, I listen to... Wait a minute, I am in town. It's the 12 to 1 hour. Da! 
Jesse Helms was just a lad of nine, and no one knew what was in store. Just ended the Spanish-American War, so they parted like it was 1899. There were events that made you shiver, but there were times we did deliver. A promise that was kept with that famous one small step. I can't remember each event or everything that man did invent. A century we will present, and this is how it went. My, my, how the time it did fly since it started. Some departed, many tears we did cry. For the century, it's time that we say goodbye. It all happened in the blink of an eye. A hundred years have gone by. It all started when two guys were right when they put an airplane into flight. And the start of radio, Sigmund Freud had his mom to thank, and quantum theory, and Max Planck, and the Titanic. That story we all know. Well, World War One it soon began with shooting Archduke Francis Ferdinand. Millions died from the flu. Russia had its revolution. Panama connected both of the oceans. Monopolies we won't see again. A hundred years gone by, and we were singing, my, my, how the time it did fly. Since it started, some departed, many tears we did cry. For the century, it's time that we say goodbye. It all happened in the blink of an eye. A hundred years have gone by. Albert had his relativity. They mass-produced the new Model T, and Lindbergh landed near Paris. Then some moldy bread gave penicillin. Wall Street and the Great Depression, and women would vote like you and me. Germany's chancellor was sworn in, and World War II would soon begin. Made Europe's sovereign land. The Project Manhattan Evolution trial in Tennessee. We caught a first look at TV. Then the day that lives in infamy. A hundred years gone by. It did fly since it started. Some departed, many tears we did cry. For the century, it's time that we say goodbye. It all happened in the blink of an eye. A hundred years have gone by. Franklin, Winston, they will soon be 
out at what an appalling cost. In Russia, no one did defrost. In Germany, they finally lost. Discovered the horrors of the Holocaust. Batman, little boy, and Ola Gay changed the whole world on that very day. NATO had just begun. And China ruled by Mussetown. The first player in baseball that was black. Israel got their homeland back. Massachusetts elected Jack a hundred years gone by. And we were singing, my, my, how the time had defied. Since it started, some departed, many tears we decry. For the century, it's time that we say goodbye. It all happened in the blink of an eye. A hundred years have gone by. Separate but equal made such a fuss. Rosa too tired went on the bus. Polio cured with a vaccine. Then Russia scared us big time with Sputnik. Our troops into Korea quick. Discovered the double helix scheme. Oh, JFK left us way too soon, but promised to get us all to the moon. Yuri is first in space. Yeah, the pill we didn't brace. And the French seven climbed into the night. Cuba's missiles gave us quite a fright. Southeast Asia is our new fight. A hundred years gone by. Right. And we were singing, my, my, how the years they fly. Since it started, some departed, many tears we decry. For the century, it's time that we say goodbye. It all happened in the blink of an eye. A hundred years have gone by. Neil's giant step was the big news. Roe vs. Wade gave women right to choose. Nixon resigns about Watergate. Got the troops out of Vietnam. Had hostages taken by Iran. And a virus made us too scared to go date. A test tube babies held aloft. Some guy named Bill started Microsoft. Chernobyl explosion The Berlin Wall gets broken The USSR says goodbye Some students in China, they did try Seven died in the Florida sky A hundred years gone by And they were singing My, my, how the time it did fly Since it started, some departed, many tears we did cry For the century, it's time that we say goodbye It all happened in the blink of an eye A hundred years have gone by We were singing, my, my, how the time it did fly. Since it started, some departed, many tears we did cry. 
For the century, it's time that we say goodbye, cause a hundred years have gone by. Oh, quite a mess in the Basilica, the Church of Nativity they put on CNN. Aren't you surprised by that? Well, they didn't have a lot yeah, of like 200 people stuck in there for like a month. I sure hope they had real good plumbing facilities. God, well, what a joke. Didn't they cut their water off? The media treats everybody like we're all about two years old. By the way. Yes, something? A, a very Yeah, by the way, something. A very special in-studio guest here with a story and a exclusive announcement for us. Not Hello, Jeff Neil. Cohen. The only oh, Jeff Cohen. That, that, this ponytail, man, he's already had like a half an hour of free plugs on here the last two days because of the scam he made up about his phone getting disconnected, but I'm sure it was just another story he made up to get pizza loft on here again. Yeah, how you doing, Jeff? Not only was it not a scam, but you're talking about it saved me so that I do have phone service, even though it's not guaranteed to stay on through the whole weekend. What is it? Does this man owe me or what? Not only I hook him up with that the lovely young lady. You still going with her, by the way? Uh, kind no of. comment. No. But whatever. I mean, you were for a while there. Yes, year and a half. It was wonderful. Okay, but that's all over now. Well, she probably figured out what a pervert you were. But anyway, not only do you owe, you owe me that year and a half, also I get his phone straight now because they heard me on here about it. Plus the fact this guy's got a $45 million house because of me, and now what? No, I don't. I lost that in the divorce. Oh, well, you uh, had it anyway. Right. I have a little house, but that's not important. But I do have an exclusive announcement what? for you. What are you saying? <clears throat> do, you hear, do you hear his voice I just crack? It. Well, he's nervous. No wonder she uh, dumped your ass. Uh-huh. Anyway, exclusive. Yeah, I told you, if you kept screwing around so much, like one nut would fall off, but you wouldn't listen to me. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, I picked up the keys this morning to the Pizza Loft second location after 27 years of waiting for just the right spot. All right. A few blocks from your house, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I know. I know exactly where yeah. it is. Knob Hill and Sunrise. Be the end of you the summer. You know who's going to be eating there? John. Well, beside that, because he ain't going to pay for it. I'm talking about Marcy from All Greens right there uh, by where you're going to be. There you go. So when's the opening? The end of summer. We got to uh, make the kitchen like a pizza loft kitchen, all stainless, clean everything up, make it right. And uh, by the end of summer. Now, now let me just tell you this, because I think that location has got great possibilities, but you're going to have to like uh, really promote it heavily because of the one. The only uh, negative on that thing is, I'm sure you're aware, is you can't see it from the street. That's what I have you for. I know. That's what I'm saying. If you would have retired, I would never have done this. But being that you've decided to work a little bit, I'm able to go ahead and move forward. Oh, good. And your good friend Al, by the way, after after 60 days, we can bring him over there, too, after he gets out of the slammer, if he gets out of the hospital alive. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to have a big table for him. I'll have a welcome back to society party. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, uh, the Rimmers, they'll be over to see you several, uh, several times a week. They sold their house, so they're going to be moving to Davie pretty soon. Right. They're moving across the street from the exi existing loft. That's the good news for uh, them and That's the bad great. news for you he because I can see a lot of, of free meals coming up That's very, okay. very soon at the original pizza loft there on, well, the, the second pizza loft in Davie. He hooks me up real well, Mr. Yeah, Rimmer. Yeah, I bet he does. And don't forget what Rimmer says. If it's free, it's me. Yeah, that's his uh -huh. slogan. By the way, happy birthday again, Farrell. Well, he, that's great, Jeff. Nice hearing from you briefly. I did talk to John. And congratulations. And, he, and so you'll yes, let us know, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll see you when you're back in town. In June. Right. And lose my number. Okay, <laughs> see you, Jeff. There he is. Jeff Cohen. New pizza lots opening in the plantation. Oh, 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 oh. Right there by Marcy at Walgreens. Knob Hill and Sunrise. What a great location. God, I can eat free every day now. And I don't mean on the air. Wasn't that a great scam? That's what we live for, right? I think that's a great idea. When I'm home, I can, you know, drive home after work, stop, let Tiny go out and take a little <laughs> crap, and then go over there and have a nice uh, free lunch with Jeff. Hang out, bond with my buddy over there, help him pick out some of the waiters. 
1213 at 560 WQM. You know, summertime is here already. It's only the 10th of May, but forget about the calendar. Just stick your head out the window. Oh, my God. You're suffering. You're sweltering. It's beautiful here, though. <laughs> I don't want to rub it in. You bastard. But... Oh, man, it's so hot and humid you could fry eggs on your toes. But Oleomed's one product that will make you feel your best all the time and keep you in good health in South Florida in spite of the heat and humidity and the frying pan-type atmosphere in paradise, everybody. Oleomed's a soft gel capsule that contains pharmaceutical-grade olive oil along with vitamins, minerals, and herbals to promote health for your prostate, for your heart, for your blood pressure, for your cholesterol. Oleomed has got a supplement to uh, promote health in your circulatory system. There's one for your digestive system, your endocrine system, your skin, your bones, even your mind, all using the benefits of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil. And don't forget, Oleomed has products for you men and you ladies out there, too. Oleomed's available at Walgreens. Hi again, Marcy. Free food coming soon. Whole Food Markets, Navarro Pharmacy, and Sedano's. If you'd like to get more info about uh, Oleomed before you buy it, just call and they'll tell you all about it, how it works, what it's all about. Call toll-free 1-866-OLEOMED. 1-866-OLEOMED or order their products on their website. It's a piece of cake just to check out. Grabbing the news. airfare and hotel accommodation. That's from 11 to 1 at BJ's in Pembroke Pines. It's Friday, you bastard. Fake read going, so you're not going to pull this old queen, I'm going to tell you that. My psychic abilities must have been paying off again. Now, what time did he show up there? Right at noon. Right at noon. See, and I played that long bit, which I almost never play. And right. he didn't tell me ahead of time that he was there. If I wouldn't have played that, we'd have been back about six, seven minutes earlier, and he'd have been going, pop, 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 you know. Right. See what I'm saying? Perfect. The vibes all the way up here. The vibes are coming right through the goddamn window. You can almost smell them. Not that I want to, you know, give short shrift to Ponytail, but it's time to give him a little short shrift. You know, he's a great guy, but on the year for a minute or two tops. So you got food. Oh, that's right. He brought you the food at noon. Pizzas, yes. Excellent. Nice call, Ponytail. No problem. We'll have that place packed when he opens out there by me because there really aren't the very many good restaurants out there in West Broward. Very, very slim and grim, unless you like Denny's. Mm. Denny's and then, of course, the Sawgrass, which has a couple of good restaurants, but you got to like, walk 16 miles to get in there and fight through all the Brazilians. You're going <laughs> to love this story. Covington, Washington. A teenager who had become sick and tired of being around drugs called authorities and had his father arrested for growing marijuana in their suburban Seattle home, sheriff's deputies say. Nice going, punk. The 17-year-old dialed 9-11 on Tuesday, and his 38-year-old divorced father was arrested when he arrived home that night. God. Sar sheriff Sergeant Greg Dimersky said deputies seized at least 40 marijuana plants and bags of dried and ready-to-sell buds. They could smell the stuff two or three houses away, Dimersky said. And no extra charge. 
The kid said he was sick and tired of being around drugs and sick and tired of his dad doing drugs. Demersky said he's a good kid and his conscience got the best of him. The boy, his 15-year-old sister, and their 7-year-old brother were turned over to family friends for the night. I think he was pretty upset about it turning in dad, Demersky said, but the bottom line is he did the right thing. You think he did the right thing? No. Of course not. That kid should be pistol whipped. Maybe dad Can you believe wasn't it? sharing Probably, with probably the kids. it was pissed because dad wouldn't share. That's it. What kind of crap is that? See, if dad would give him a good rate, that wouldn't have happened. So that's one thing about George. If his daughters ever, you know, try that with him, I'll cut her in. This is another. This is a great one. You saw this? Yeah, you did because you faxed it to me without my asking. The only faxes that you didn't fax to me were like ones I got from that schmuck, Norm Kent, who can't stop being an overgrown child with his baseball. Nobody cares, Norma. I keep telling him that nobody cares. The important stuff he can't be bothered with. Okay, he's impotent. But when it comes to, uh, you know, round ball, you ought to be worrying about other balls, okay, Norm, at this stage of your life? Oval balls? Speaking of that, X-rated jolt spices up exam week. This is my favorite. Students cramming through the night for final exams at Villanova University yesterday may have gotten the jolt they needed to stay awake from an unlikely source, the school's TV station. SGTV, the student government's 24-hour station, available only on campus, is programmed to run a continuous mix of PG-13 and R-rated movies. But at 2 a.m. yesterday, instead of the scheduled thriller Reindeer Games with Ben Affleck. Oh, what's that bit? How do you say that? What is that bit? It's the um, Affleck casting call. <laughs> oh, i got to have that. Okay, after the break. At 2 a.m. yesterday, instead of the scheduled thriller Reindeer Games with Ben Affleck, a, har a hardcore porno flick titled Cheap Thrills appeared on the screen. All right. The movie ran for about a half an hour before campus security officers shut it down, which reminds me, before I go back, there's a spot they're running up here for one of the cable companies about parental control and certain lockout features on their cable, and it shows two nuns sitting in their living room <laughs> eating a popcorn or whatever, <laughs> eating, watching TV, and then one of the, and they say, no unwanted channels will pop up, and so you can see the expression on their eyes as the eyeballs start getting as big as saucers, and they're, and they're putting up their hands over their eyes, and they keep opening up the fingers, you know, and looking through the fingers. Oh you really have God. to see it, but it's... Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And they keep, like, looking away and then looking back and taking the hands away from their face. <laughs> I was studying in the lounge, and someone said, there's porn on SGTV, said Maureen Holland, the student government president. I thought it was maybe a nude scene or something like that. I went into the room to look at it, and it was clearly not something that was supposed to be on. The movies say those who viewed it left nothing to the imagination. There were two well-endowed men penetrating a woman's vagina and anus at the same time. Rectum. I spoke to the vice president for student life, and he said, thank goodness it came on at that time because the priest would have been sleeping, Holland said. <laughs> How do they know that? Villanova is a Roman Catholic university. They probably put it on. Chris Lillick, a senior spending his last week at the school, said he was flipping through the channels when he came across cheap thrills. I was like many kids staying up late studying or partying in the... Minute this thing aired, people were hooting and hollering throughout the dorm and instant messaging to turn on channel 52, he said. Barbara Clement, school spokeswoman, <laughs> said a student in Bartley Hall, which contains offices, a dining facility, and big screen TV, alerted authorities. He looked up at the screen, went gulp, and called campus police, public safety, she said. Just like Timmy's always doing on Passion, gulp. Oh, he's got real problems now, poor Timmy. He's got all them little animals racing after him. Officers went to Doherty Hall, which houses the TV station, where four VCRs are programmed to play movies. They found a door to the office jimmied open and the lock broken on a cabinet containing the video equipment. The rumor on campus yesterday was somebody's pulled a senior prank. That Melway uh, Mel B. That may well be, Clement said, but it's a prank that has serious implications. It's a case of breaking and entering. 
It's a case for Kojak or maybe Barnaby Jones because we know he always gets his man. Lilick, who gained some measure of notoriety on campus for his clashes with the administration over a staunchly conservative student newspaper he founded, sent an email to media outlets alerting them to what happened. Riotous groups took a study break from final exams to witness the showing of the movie, he wrote. I think Chris may have been exaggerating, said Holland, who noted that many students who had completed the finals had left campus. Cheap Thrills was eventually replaced by Ali, where the closest thing to nudity is a buff Will Smith in boxing trunks, oh. which we can most of us live without. Oh, Right at lunchtime, too. Sorry to read that right in the middle of your pizza lock lunch. Sorry. Ugh. He just makes my skin crawl. Now, does that make me a racist? I guess so. No. Well, Will Smith. I'm sure there's Bill Cosby, there's another one. See, so you see a pattern developing here? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm just Lily White. That's just the way it is. And, of course, up here we got all these real nice white Canadian people. 1226 at 560. Oh, so anyway, it was at the uh, Canadian-Carolina um, uh, game last night, and somebody threw a uh, banana at Kevin Weeks, the goalie for uh, Carolina, former Panther, by the way, who's black. And so there was a whole thing in the paper about that this morning because they threw a banana at him, and it's a whole big... He didn't say a word about uh. it, Kevin. He couldn't care less. But uh, let's get serious. If they'd have thrown a watermelon out of the stands, then then you start getting a little bit nervous. How do you sneak one of those in there? Your pants. Hey, the weather's starting to get really hot again. Summer storms, possibility of hurricanes soon follow, so get prepared for a major storm. And don't forget, May through November, that's hurricane season in South Florida. Discover now what thousands of people have done to protect their homes. Call All Weather Systems. All Weather Systems has been in business for over 15 years. They're a state-licensed FEMA project impact contractor. All Weather Systems carries the new state-of-the-art shutterless impact-resistant windows and French doors. No unsightly or ugly shutters to ruin the look of your home and the convenience of not having to put up heavy plywood or storm panels, too. All Weather Systems offers you 100% unsecured bank financing with no payments for 90 days and payments as low as 69 bucks a month. Their impact-resistant windows and French doors have insulated glass, which saves you energy. It reduces outside noises, and the non-breakable glass helps keep out criminals and burglars as well. All Weather Systems also manufactures a full line of accordion-style shutters, electric roll-ups, and hurricane panels, too. So give All Weather Systems a call today. Some of you save the headache of putting up shutters, protect your family from storms and crime, and keep that house looking really beautiful and energy-efficient at the same time. Call All Weather Systems toll-free, 1-800-728-5126. They provide home protection of the highest quality with service, reliability, and professionalism comparable to none. Call All Weather, 1-800-728-5126. for all. Qualify. The Joe and Mark Show. Overnights on Sports Radio 560. QAM. Now, the Aflac casting call. All right, Tom Brokaw. Tom Brokaw. Aflac. Uh, again, Tom? Aflac. Uh, one more time, Tom. Aflac. I'm losing a second part. One more. Aflac. Next. Mike Tyson! Mike Tyson! Yes, Mike Tyson! Mike Tyson! Stop saying what I'm saying! I'll tell you what I'm saying! Aflac! Again! Aflac! Again! Aflac! Next! Jesse Jackson! Aflac! Uh, the... Aflac! Uh, uh, Jesse, I'm sorry, but the duck is white. Next! Woody Allen! She's nuts. I mean, it's a duck that talks. Stick to the script, Mr. Allen. It's crazy. It's insanity. Read the line, please. Why would a duck speak? Next! The great Sean Connery, sir. Welcome, sir. Welcome. Sean Connery. Welcome, sir. Just read the line, please. Ah, fuck. Uh, Excuse me, sir, again? Ah, fuck. 
Sir, I'm sorry. That second part of the line, I don't... I'm simply saying, ah, fuck. Next! Oh, God. I guess we got Gilbert Gottfried over here. All right, give it to me, Gilbert. Affleck! Uh, one more time, Gilbert. Affleck! Well, Gilbert, I pretty much hate you, and I think you're terrible, but you're the closest thing we got. You got the job. And here I thought the duck was white. 1232 at 560, WQM, I got the Mad Dog. He's fairly white. He'll be along at 1 o'clock, Hank at 3, and then we got that ball game stuff. Dodgers in town. I bet you we'll have, like, double digits to see them this weekend. Oh. All right. Eddie K. after the baseball, and then uh, Joe and Mark, the Dirty Boys overnight, whose show is growing like an out-of-control uh, Wonder Worm. Here's a very depressing, uh, oh, by the way, Chuck Fletcher fired as the GM of the Panthers. Rick Dudley's the new GM from Tampa. They brought him in. I just mentioned that in case anybody was sleeping earlier, if anybody cares. Chuck Fletcher uh, fired, and uh, have a good life to you, uh, Chuck. Good luck to you. You'll need it. Kind of a throwback to the uh, Bill Torrey and the Murray days, so he had to go. Clean house. And then, of course, we got all these great youngsters in the organization. Hans, my Dutch friend, writes, Goedemorgen, Neil. Oh, I like the way I said that. That sounded, that sounded that like authentic. Nice. No phlegm. No, that was very good. That's how the Dutch really say it. Do it again. But I, you, if you want to speak Dutch, you've got, you've got to have like 400 pounds of cheese in your system. He writes, with tears in my eyes, I watched yesterday on the Dutch satellite program what happened to Pim Fortune, the political candidate for the upcoming election. You have to ask yourself, how is this possible in a country like Holland where you can smoke a joint on every corner of the street, get laid for 50 bucks legally, and speak your mind about everything, somebody will listen. What's going on in this world? Mankind is out of control, says Hans. That's how he sees it. Everyone's being infected by the changes of order in the world. You must ask yourself, what's next? For the first time, I wasn't very proud of being Dutch because our country stood for freedom, tolerance, and speaking your mind. Pim Fortune did this in his way and didn't make him very popular with certain groups. Democracy, uh, what does it stand for these days here in the U.S. or anywhere else in the world? Holland's been hit by the 9-11 syndrome and it makes us very depressed. Sorry for starting on a negative note today, but simply had to tell somebody who thought you might listen, which I did, Hans, and I'm with you. But, of course, keep in mind, it's a very, very isolated incident because you don't have a lot of crazy people running around with guns in Holland. And, of course, to show you, when you have crazy people with guns, people get killed because bumper stickers don't kill people. Crazy people with guns, irresponsible people with guns, kill people. And little kids whose parents are responsible kill people with guns. And Hans says, totzins. Totzins and also believe. Dewey. This is a beautiful story. Man reportedly offers to clean septic tanks for sex and guns. Camden, Arkansas. Speaking of guns, there you go. Sex and guns. Now, you know what I'm thinking of, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Buford and Sons, maybe? I mean, By any chance? No. Hi, I'm Ed Buford of Buford and Sons. Liquor and guns. We have the largest selection of booze and firearms in the state and will personally assist you in choosing the correct alcoholic beverage and weapons for your next outing. Going squirrel hunting? Then you'll love our low prices on schnapps and hand grenades. Living in the city? Check out our deal on handguns at California Wine. Maybe you aren't interested in hunting or self-defense. Maybe you just like to get drunk and shoot at mailboxes. Well, we've got gallon jugs of wild turkey and 44 magnum shells on sale this week only. We're open 24 hours, we never check IDs, and we're NRA approved. So come on down to Buford and Liquor and Guns, where everything leaves loaded. Top 35 at 560 QM. So anyway, getting back to this uh, very inventive guy in Camden, Arkansas. It says it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. Authorities in the Camden area say they're getting complaints about a man who offered to clean septic tanks in exchange for sex. All right. Chief Deputy Paul Lucas says they want to determine whether he's got a proper uh, certification to service the tanks <laughs> and the customers. <laughs> yeah. Aside from the sex for septic ser uh, service, deputies say the man's also offered to clean systems in exchange for guns. 
So he's kind of like a Buford, I guess. In fact, maybe his name is Buford. What's wrong with Camden, little barter? Arkansas wouldn't surprise me. What? What's wrong with a little barter dealing? Are you mumbling again? Yes. Is that what they call tit for tat? Who's tat? 230 votes on our poll. Quit mumbling. 230 votes. Which are you? Exclusively heterosexual, 124, 54%. Just horny, 52. 22.5%. Of course, when they say just horny, that means anything that's moving. Maybe a fire hydrant, they'll squat on it. Exclusively a homosexual, 22, 9.5%. Desperate, 17, 7.3%. I thought Clarence was leaving for the weekend. And uh, bi a bisexual, 15, 6.5%. Very lucky people. So anything that looks good, they'll hop on it, in it, around it, near it, sniff it, etc. So what is that? Let's see. 9.5 uh, and 6.5 and and is like a 16, right? 16%. Okay. A little bit high, but I don't think that high. I've always said it's about 15% gay and bisexual, if we want to be honest. But nevertheless, and also that includes people who aren't like necessarily either one, but kind of like mess around, even though George doesn't believe such people exist. Anyway, speaking of that, J-Lo gets new address, Miami Beach. Oh! Jennifer Lopez has paid $9.5 million for a Bayside mansion on Miami Beach and starts at North Bay Road. Sources familiar with the deal confirmed yesterday? You got a big, fat, all right, intruder there in the beach. The singer and movie star will have wide views of Biscayne Bay before her, and, uh, before her and a BG on each side. Barry and Robin Gibb, brothers in the 1970s disco group that hit it big with Staying Alive, own houses next door to the 10,000... This is in the Herald, by the way, if you wonder why it sounds like such dreck. Own houses next door to the 10,800-square-foot Mediterranean villa in the 5,800 block of North Bay Road. Singer Ricky Martin owns a house about eight blocks down the street. Are there going to be any straight people on it? Oh, that's right, I forgot. The BGs have wives. But they sure as hell, you know, they're, they're part of that crowd, though, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. They sing real part high. Part of that 70s disco, swishy, wimpy uh, crowd. Landscapers yesterday were trimming the grass outside the Walden gated palazzo, which has eight bedrooms, 11 fireplaces, a pool, gazebo, and dock. Lopez 31 closed on the property this week, sources said. Her reported purchase comes as some are questioning whether the beach has lost much of its glamour and star appeal. The Wall Street Journal last month declared South Beach a tired scene in a front-page article titled Madonna Deficit, noting that some of the area's resident celebrities have packed up and left. Oh, what a shock, huh? In Lopez, the beach would get a Latin diva famous for barely their evening gowns and for South Beach club sightings with then-boyfriend, the unctuous Sean Puffy Combs. She met her first husband, Ojani Noah, while he waited tables at Lario's on the beach in 1996 and then found out after they got married he was a fag. A native of the Bronx, New York, with Puerto Rican roots, Lopez recently opened a Latin restaurant in L.A. and has a clothing line that bears a recording name, J-Lo, not to be confused with uh, J-Rod. She is starring in the thriller Enough with Billy Campbell. Jerry Powers, publisher of Ocean Drive magazine, the ultimate chronicle of beach glamour, said Lopez's home purchase reaffirms Miami's celebrity status. <laughs> he noted that Will Smith and Janet Jackson were reportedly looking at property in recent weeks there and said too much has been made of Sly Stallone and Madonna's giving up their homes here. And don't forget about O.J. and Kendall. Oh, boy. Wouldn't want to forget that. We lost two stars, Power said. Now we're getting some solid folks here. <laughs> right, like J-Lo. It's solid, man. All right. It's like rock. It's like granite, that ass. Now married to dancer Chris Judd, Lopez lives in Los Angeles, according to the office of her publicist, Alan Nerob. A spokesman for Nerob said Nerob didn't know whether Lopez had bought property in Miami Beach. He didn't know nothing. Carlos Justo, the listing agent and owner of the Wimbish Rightway Realtors, would confirm only that a sale closed on the property this week would not identify the buyer, but the Herald knows it's her, okay? You got it? It's her. J-Lo's coming to the beach. Oh! Let's hear it. I really wonder about her, you know? What do you wonder? And Janet Jackson? What do you wonder? I wonder who wrote the Book of Love. 
1240, 20 before 1 at 560 WQAM. Hey, speaking of that, you know, I bet you I'm going to go and find out that there are packages downstairs for me today, I hope. I hope. Like Champion Light? Like Champion Light, because I'm out of it. And, of course, Petey Lenny, he's out of town with that funeral that he's uh, participating in now. But I bet you just before he left, in the middle of 8,000 calls he made up here, just babbering a bunch of gibberish, I bet you that he talked to our friends at Champion Light and said, Hey, Neil's uh, Jones in for some great Champion Light. It's good stuff, man. I miss it. Champion Light is the perfect drink because it's got all good stuff and no crap. It's got all the electrolytes for like after a workout. But unlike Gatorade and the other sports, so-called sports drinks, it doesn't have any sugar. It doesn't have any carbohydrates, no calories, no crap. Just good, great-tasting stuff in six delicious flavors. And now with sucralose or, um, what is it, Splenda, it tastes even better than ever. A brand-new and improved taste. It comes in orange, lemon, lime, grape, and fruit punch, and the new flavors, lemonade and blue raspberry, out of this world. So pick up some uh, Gator, some uh, Champion Light, whatever I just said. What I just say? Champion, Champion Light, Light Gator at a place nearby you. If you don't know where to get it, just uh, call Jay Fiedler, the spokesman of the organization. He is the official spokesman, trust me when I tell you. But if you can't get a hold of Jay or he's like too busy or just doesn't have any decline to comment, just to check out their website, they'll tell you exactly where to go. Check out championlight.com. That's L-Y-T-E, championlight.com. Take on the Dodgers tonight at Pro Player. Coverage starts at 6.30 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. I'm dying over here. Lopez, you've got huge buns Hiding under it eclipses the sun There are parts of you that will never tan Nothing grows under your giant can Jennifer Lopez, we're stunned No way it could grow again can't believe that your butt's widening. Rectum. Let us know when it stops growing. I'll tell you one thing. If she wow. didn't have a big ass, you wouldn't see her no more. I guarantee you that. 1246 at 560 WQAM. com. I hope a lot of people have emailed them, although I doubt it. See, I think the days of all of that, you know, running campaigns and getting people all whipped up about stuff, I think those days are done, you know? That's too bad. Well, I'm just telling you, people are indifferent, plus it's so hot down there, you could, like, pass out in the corner and just not get up for hours at a time. I just don't uh, see people as being highly motivated to do stuff like that. But the idea that the Broward Chamber of Commerce yesterday, or whenever the hell they put this flyer out, was faxed to us yesterday, is embracing the homeless voice people, some of the most obnoxious, unctuous, and one of the biggest cults in the history of mankind, and uh, promoting this thing, not only embracing them into their institution and welcoming them as a, a member of the Broward Chamber of Commerce, but also doing a fundraiser for them tomorrow in town, which we're not going to promote and talk about it because uh, we're grossed out by it. You know, I was so talking, if you want to express... Sorry. What? I was talking to Joe Rizzoli about that event, that, uh, that occasion, those people, because, you know, he's yeah. involved with the Hollywood Chamber, and he tried yeah. to join the Hollywood Chamber, Mr. Canoni. And they told him to uh, get the F out of there. And he threatened to sue, right. and they said, well, get the f- you know out of here anyway. So he went and joined well, the see, Broward Chamber. See, that goes chamber. back to what I said yesterday. Almost every municipality in Dayton Broward has told Sean, uh, Sean, Sean Canoe, get the hell out of here. Go someplace else, because we don't want you here. 
but for some strange reason, Broward County Chamber of Commerce uh, embraces them and loves them and et cetera and so on because I guess they think it makes them look good. Oh, we're helping the homeless. No, you're not. You're helping a cult. You're helping to raise millions and millions and millions of dollars, and God only knows where the hell it's really going. BrowardBiz.com, that's the email address for Broward Chamber of Commerce, and tell them to stick it. Broward! Tell them you hate them like poison, okay? And that they're making a bad, bad mistake. Very sad. And we love Joe Rizzoli on this show, by the way, oh! from Roth Office Supply. Let's not forget about good old Joe. He's the best. Somebody once said, we don't. nobody wants another Joe, but in his case, we'll make an exception because he is the best. Great guy. How's my fax machine coming? Which has nothing to do with him, this one, but I just mentioned that again so you won't forget about it in case anybody ever comes back. Oh, that fax machine. Oh, forget about it. Yeah, the one that's supposed to be up here, the one that's on back order, you know, back order <laughs> from like back before man crawled out of the uh, slime. I think everybody forgot about it. Yeah. Study says boys cut mom's lifespan, girls prolong it. Well, my mom sure would uh, disprove that theory. <laughs> She's going to be about 110 pretty soon in July. And she had two sons. How do you like that? My son will be the death of me, yet that's a mother's lament that may have a kernel of scientific truth, researchers say. A study analyzing family church records in earlier centuries found that raising sons shortened the lifespan of Finnish mothers by about 34 weeks per son. That's like uh, more than half a year Wow. per son. So if you have like uh, six sons, that's uh, three years. Daughters nurtured to adulthood help prolong mothers' lives. Well, isn't that sweet? So that means uh, your wife's going to live a long time. Unfortunately, I don't believe that study because my mother had four sons and she's going to live to be 500. But yeah, but that's only out of spite. I know, exactly. Baby sons researchers suggest in the journal Science made a much greater physical demand on the mother's body than did the typically smaller daughters, and this may actually have shortened life of the mother. It seems that boys are much more demanding to produce than girls, said Samuli Heli, a researcher at the University of Turku in Finland and the study's co-author. Hello said the conclusion is based on church family records kept in Finland for a nomadic people called the Sami during the period 1640 to 1870. See, he said the toll on mothers' lives of having sons may not apply in the area of modern medicine. Yeah. How, how can they come up with a study that was taken like three, 400 years ago? Nowadays, we have better medical care, Heli said. Very, very profound, Sam, Samuli. Resources are not as likely to limit females' lifespan. There might be some effect, but it won't be as huge as in the Sami people, like Sami Kapanen. Or Sammy Sallow got injured the other night. The study concentrated on women who produce children and went on to live page as 50. Uh, speaking of Sammy Sallow, by the way, go Leafs, go. Oh! I just mentioned that game number five tonight. I know we got a lot of Leaf fans who listen to the show, about five. All my Toronto connection, they're out there on the edge of their seat waiting for the big game tonight. And of course, like I told Psychopat yesterday, whoever won game four in Ottawa on uh, Wednesday night, they're going to win a series. I've been holding on to this thing for a long time because it just, uh, I don't know, grosses me out. Old Spice. It says, just the name, this is from the uh, Daily News by Leonor Skenazi. Just the name conjures up masculinity, kind of older masculinity, maybe even grizzled, maybe even dead. But no, it turns out the 64-year-old aftershave and cologne is still the country's best-selling fragrance and has been since its debut in 1938. I heard the Mad Dog talking about this one day, and I can't... I mean, uh, a, a macho guy like him admitting to wearing Old Spice, maybe that's the reason. I didn't think anybody wore that anymore. Oh, that is the nastiest smelling crap. That's like, you know what that's like? It's like industrial strength. Right, and dated like the article says. It's the number one selling fragrance in history, says Derek Bowen, Old Spice brand manager at Procter & Gamble. And now this venerable product is poised to conquer a whole new generation of red-blooded American males with wipies. 
towelettes, wet, wet naps, the kind of swabs you used to get with Kentucky Fried Chicken, except thicker, quilted, and impregnated with masculine scents such as Old Spice Mountain Rush, Pure Sport, and Fresh. Somewhere the ancient mariner is weeping, it says, and so is the marlin on his wall. Why does he weep? It says, while only one can respect a brand that's clearly captured, if not the American imagination, at least the American man from his Adam's apple up, there's something perverse about encouraging guys to start swabbing themselves sweet between showers, between rest stops. Could Jack Kerouac have hit the road toting a tub of towelettes? Could Jack, Jack Nicholson do it? Most men come equipped with sleeves, and that sweat control of plenty. Could be Procter & Gamble's never heard of pheromones, those hormones that holler, I'm male, I'm available, and I'm close by, just ask your nose. Wipes, wipe all of that out. In other words, I guess this uh, who, Lenore, who wrote this column, likes guys who <coughs> stink. She likes the smell of arm sweat. Real men should not be freshening themselves with perfumed wipes, fumes Scott Hildula, a dad in San Francisco. In my day, you wore a circle in your wallet with a rolled-up condom and a ring in your jeans from a can of snuff. I pity the sorry wimp who wears a hole in his pants pocket, probably Dockers, with a little perfumed packet. <laughs> Chris McElmore in Kansas is even more disturbed by the development. It's an encroachment on manhood, he says. The Old Spice audience is the hardcore open-a-beer-with-your-eye-socket crowd. They wouldn't be caught dead with a fancy-up towelette. It's like making A1 sauce pink or emblazoning the side of a John Deere riding mower with uh, images of the Powder Puff Girls. There you go. All you macho guys out there, just say El Paso on the Old Spice towelette. In fact, if you got any sense of smell, just say El Paso on Old Spice. It <laughs> stinks. 1252 at 560 WQM. If you always put off going to the dentist because of fear, because of pain or neglect, call Dr. Rene Pietro and Associates in Coral Gables where he offers you sedation dentistry. Sedation dentistry by Dr. Pietro will make you feel at ease while your dental work's being done. You'll be sedated just enough to be unaware of the treatment being done, yet feel refreshed and have little or no memory of what was accomplished. Dr. Pietro does all types of dental work using sedation, crowns, implants, cleanings, fillings, root canal, other general dental procedures. Years of dental neglect can be fixed in as little as just a couple of visits, and Dr. Pietro will make you feel at ease while he's doing the work with his sedation dentistry techniques. So don't be afraid of the dentist anymore. Get healthy teeth and gums for a lifetime by calling Dr. Rene Pietro and Associates. Learn more about sedation dentistry. He'll answer your questions. Just call 305-661-1812. Dr. Pietro is located at 4651 Ponce de Leon Boulevard, just west of Lejeune Road in the prestigious Gables. Check him out on the web at floridasleepdentist.com or call 305-661-1812. That's 305-661-1812 for Dr. Rene Pietro and Associates. And be sure and tell him that Neil with a... We're number one. Oh. Damn it. This is Sports Radio 560 QAM. It's Friday, you bastard. It started as a television hit. The truth is out there, Scully. It became a cultural phenomenon. Come on, Mulder, get real. Then it became a little too predictable. Scully, I tell you. The truth is out there. Whoa, how did you know? Then it just kind of petered out with a bunch of lackluster fill-in stars until finally and mercifully they produced the X-Files finale. Scully I can see it! What Mulder an alien ship? No! Our final paycheck! The X-Files finale at last you'll get the answers to questions that should have been answered at the end of the very first episode what brand does the cigarette smoking man smoke? If there's three of them, how can they be the lone gunman? And how did Xena Warrior Princess get into our show? <coughs> the X-Files finale, Sunday on Fox, where the biggest mystery is, how did we ever get to be a network? And how do I manage to miss that every week? Profit.